Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Toys by Chance, show where we come and talk all things entertainment, including movies, television, streaming, all that good stuff. And uh, this is the last week of summer, Russell. The last week of summer. It is. COVID, COVID uh, 2020. We, uh, we're, we're, we're grinding through. Yeah, with, uh, but it is, you know, we took this time to, we were so deprived of Blockbuster this summer. We were. So we decided to look at a blockbuster of, you know, summer's past. And you gave us the granddaddy of them all, 1975's Jaws, which we will get into a heavy discussion into later. But for right now, we have we have a whole lot to talk about, Russell. We have a whole lot to talk about. Uh, starting with our, you know, of course, our weekly trailer talk. First trailer we are going to be talking about today. My notes are not up. Give me, Forgive me. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, first show we're going to be talking about is for a documentary. Uh, you cannot kill David Arquette. This is setting a light on a story that I didn't know. I think Russell, you might know because it seems like your era of wrestling. <laughs> David Arquette, at some point, I'm not sure when, had to be like around the Scream '90s era. Yeah. He at some point took a wrestling title. He did. It was in the 2000. It was 2000. I'm pretty sure, and uh, it was WCW. Um, right after that movie Ready to Rumble came out, he, I don't know, he just kind of got into the wrestling swing of things. And, yeah, they gave him a, uh, a belt. Yeah, so uh, he did that. And uh, people were not happy about it. Apparently, they were not happy. <laughs> no, so this is, no this, not really. This is a documentary all about him. Uh, it's, it's all about him trying to, you know, redeem himself in the wrestling consciousness. David Arquette, an over 40-year-old man. And not gonna lie, I'm, in, seen, I'm into it. I've seen Stranger Things, man. Ric Flair and Hogan and all those guys still wrestle here and there, and I mean they're pushing their 50s and 60s. I, yeah, 60s for Flair. Damn, they're probably in his almost close to 70, I would imagine. But yeah, I'm 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 a fan. I, I really am. Um, you know, anytime you get these types of films, it kind of addresses the uh, the real real reality of wrestling, like the wrestler, uh, the documentary Beyond the Mat was fantastic. Um, I like that type of uh, grit, and I like the when I see the real stuff of wrestling, not the scripted. You know what I mean? This this it looks fun. No, it does, and I honestly think it looks like a really interesting documentary, especially because I mean I, I like David Arquette. It seems like he's trying to come back to the mainstream. Between this, he's got Scream Five coming out, and yeah, I mean, look if you're not if you weren't a fan of some of his movies, you get to watch his get watch him get his ass kicked for two hours. Yeah, I mean that's entertaining enough. And that movie is set for a release on, uh, I think, oh. It's already out. It's already out. It is already out. It is already out, yeah. So you can go watch that right now. I got great reviews out of Sundance. Uh, Let's see. Next trailer we're talking about today uh, is going to be for, actually not a movie, but for a Showtime series, uh, The Comey Rule. This one got a lot of buzz because it was after Brendan Gleeson was playing Trump, but now we got a full look at the full look at the rest of the show. Features guys includes Jeff Bridges as James Comey. It's gonna be all about him. It's gonna be all about him working under Trump, which is an interesting enough story. Yeah. Uh, class also includes Holly Hunter, Jennifer L, uh, Scoop McNary, so many other people. Russell, what do you think of the trail for the Comey rule? I thought it looked funny. I mean, you know, funny political satire. Um, you know, yeah, especially when you get Brandon Gleeson playing Trump, and like he does it actually pretty well for an Irishman, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it, it looks funny. Like I said, and I believe it's a two-part uh, 
two part uh, series, I guess, or whatever, two part uh, episodes or whatever. Yeah, the, the, um, the two night event. Yeah. yeah, it looks good. I mean, I think it looks funny enough. I'm sure that'll uh, probably uh, raise some eyebrows and get some buzz on the social media. Yeah, so uh, I'm down. I think it's premieres September. I think is what it said. Uh, yeah, September 27th. September 27th. So uh, if you have Showtime, which, I mean, I don't, do you? Uh, and I don't, so you're going to have to let us know if it's worth it. <laughs> you, you let, uh, you, you, if, you, if you have Showtime and you watch the series, come on the show. You can tell us about it. Absolutely. Uh, next show we're talking about is for Death on the Nile. So Death on the Nile is uh, is the next installment in the, I almost forgot his name for a second, Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Hercule Poirot series, first starting with, of course, Mur- Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, if you saw that movie, spoiler alert, and he solves the case, and they're like, hey, uh, hey, yo, Poirot, we got, uh, we got a little problem on the, on the Nile. We got, we, 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 we just can't fix this shit. <laughs> which, which the weird thing about that is, funny, like, in the books, like, it's, he's kind of, he, he's already there when the murder takes place, so I feel like the movie end. I think, like, murder ends in Yugos, like, Yugoslavia or something like that. So, yeah, so yeah, so that you'd have to take a private jet. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, look, I'm sure I'm sure Perot's on some good shit, but yeah. I'm pretty sure the trail's gonna be cold by the time you get there. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would. I would uh, venture a guess as to yeah. But regardless, he is the greatest detective in the world. So, uh, like we said, uh, again, another Perot movie. Got another ensemble cast, including uh, Gal Gadot, Army Hammer, Letitia Wright. Who else we got? Annette Bangs in the movie. Russell Brand. Jennifer, Saund- Jennifer Saunders, if you're an AbFab fan, AbFab fan like me, that's going to be exciting for you. Uh, so, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Death on the Nile? I mean, I liked it. I like the ensemble cast. Obviously, not as good as the first ensemble cast. I think that's really hard to top when you have so many good actors and actresses working in the in the film. But, um, I mean, again, I mean, it's still talented. You know, there's still talent here to be had. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, I like those whodunit type of um, you know, mystery types of films. And uh, this one looks good. I think it's going to be, you know, I think I'm sure it'll open up to something there at the end of the film where they're going to have a third one. So, you know, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me, but uh, yeah, this looks fun. I mean, they did a ton of Hercule Poirot books, so he could very well do this forever. Sky's the limit, man. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I I think, I think it looks good. I mean, I I love, I love me a good murder mystery. And I like, I like murder. I thought it was, I thought it was fun. That was enjoyable. I'm gonna go with Russell Brangen and kill him this one, though. Yeah. Uh, funny thing is, this is this is very similar to the first show for Murder, Murder on the Express because, you know, anachronistic use of a pop song. Uh, what else? We don't know who actually got murdered. It could be Russell Brand. <laughs> who knows? Could could it be? I'm going with him though. I really I I can't I can't picture him being in the film very long. Okay. Well, I'm going to see a Russell Brand. I'm going to raise you one Jennifer Saunders. All right. There we go. There we go. There are our guesses as to who, as to who murdered it. And I did read the Dude. book, but I, I did read the book, but I forgot I forgot who did it. So, and that's that's, oh, ter- that's the honest truth. I don't I don't remember who got murdered. I don't remember who did it. Two did in October. We'll let you know who won. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll see who won. Like I said, uh, set for release at October twenty third, twenty twenty. If it even makes if it even makes it there, although it might. I mean, theaters are opening now. I mean, we can we can go see Tenet and New Mutants right now. I have to wait till Monday to go see Tenet. So, uh, so a whole four, a whole four days away. I know, man. Uh, but here we go. Uh, if you're excited for this, you can check it out in, uh, in October. Uh, next show we're talking about is for a 
I think the first Apple original movie because you know Greyhound was picked up by Apple, but they didn't make it. So the first Apple original movie, On the Rocks. Uh, this is written and directed by Sofia Coppola, and it stars. Uh, it stars. What am I saying? What's her name? Uh, Rashida, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Uh, Rashida Jones plays a. She plays a woman. Why, why, why am I struggling with words today? She plays a woman <laughs> who suspects her husband fl- is cheating on her. Ch- husband played by Marlon Wayans. And it's basically like a father daughter sleuth team yeah. trying to figure out. You know, tr- tr- trying to figure out like who. Like, what, 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 what's going on? What's going on here? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for On the Rocks? I liked it as a fan of uh, Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation. I picked up the type of vibes I think that she was trying to... That's the type of vibe I got from watching the trailer. Um, as to the whole, you know, yeah, being suspected of, like, you know, cheating on your significant other, I, I don't think he ends up cheating on her at all because none, none of the trailer told you know shows you. Of course, they're obviously not going to show you because they want you to think, well, did he or did he not? I just, I'm just i just going to go with he, I don't think he cheats on his wife. I think there's another reason. Um, and, yeah. But, yeah, I am on board with it. I uh, Sophia Coppola's hit or miss. But, um, yeah, I, I like her kind of, you know, her subtle type of films, her laid-back types of films like this. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I think, I think it was good. I mean... Look, they're really trying to push quality with, yeah. the, with the Apple service. I mean, they got A24 under their banner, so that's cool. They got some really talented people. And, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it looks like a, li- a nice you know, nice little movie. And if you have Apple TV+, Plus, which may not be a lot of you, but I have it. <laughs> so, Wouldn't it be funny if this turns into, like, a horror film? Because <laughs> 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 it's A24. <laughs> but Bill Murray turns out to be, like, the dude from Zombieland or whatever. That'd be hilarious. Crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be so weird, but... I'd be kind of into it, honestly. If it just like Dude, flips, like it's like a, it's like a sci-fi film. A twenty-four, man. I'm telling you, come on. You get to all the feel goods. Oh, this is going to be one of those films, and then bam, it just changes its complete tone altogether. You, f- you find out. You find out. Uh, you, f- you find out what's his face is an alien, <laughs> the, the husband. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, he's doing like secret like experiments and shit. Like yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Uh, regardless, uh, this movie is set for a release on the rocks. Will be on Apple TV Plus, like we said. Uh, September, I'm sorry, October 2020. They haven't given an official day yet, but October 2020. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, next show we're talking about is uh, a tri- movie called Let Him Go. Uh, this movie is about uh, the Kents going to a... Mom and Pa Kent. Mom and Pa Kent, literally. It's Kevin Costner and Diane Lane in like a dark revenge thriller where they're trying to get back the abusive new husband of their son's widow. Yeah, that's right. That, that's what that movie is. Yeah, that one. Uh, so, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Let Him Go? Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to admit it. I think it looks kind of good. I do, too. And uh, call me crazy, but I got, like, shades of, like, Wind River on this one. Um, it just had that type of vibe to it. Um, I like what Costner's doing, some of his, uh, you know, back end of his career. He's doing some stuff with, like, obviously, Westerns. It's a passionate genre of his. Um, I got, like, Western-type feel to it. So, uh, but no, I'm completely on board. Um, I think this looks really good um, for, you know, two good actors. You know, Diane Lane's excellent in the majority of the things that she does. And Coster, I always like, though I know you're on the, you know, uh, 50-50 with uh, Kevin Coster. But I always like Coster, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it, it, it is, it is I, I am very 50-50 with Coster, but I do think it looks like the kind of gun. I mean, I'm intrigued. 
I, sure. I always seen Diane Lane and stuff. And I think I think she's nice. And hey, we got the final caper in the Kevin Costner Diane Lane trilogy because they're never gonna make another Superman movie. Don't say that. Bite your tongue. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, he can't be in it because he's dead. Oh, so, yeah. oh well, uh, that's right. That's true. He can't be in it. <laughs> yeah, he can't be in it because the tornado took him. Dumbest death so. ever. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the movie, Matt. <sighs> we'll review we'll Matt eventually, and we'll get to it. But I just, just sad sadness. Uh, so yeah, uh, let him go. Set for a release November sixth, twenty twenty. And last year we're talking about is for Enola Home. This is a Netflix film. Stars probably my favorite actress name of all time, or at least right now, Millie Bobby Brown. Because that just sounds like a that just sounds like a rock star name. It does. Uh, she plays the younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. As she is in a quest to find her mom. The the uh, mom played by Helena Bonham Carter and Sherlock Holmes himself, played by Superman himself, Henry Cavill. Yes. You see how the trailers tie in? I love it. <laughs> so, Russ, what do you think of the trailer for Enola Holmes? I dug it, man. I like Henry Cavill. I, I really do. I'm not just saying that because I love Man of Steel, but I think he's a really good actor. Um, and I really like when he gets like different types of projects. Like Man from Uncle was really good. I liked him in that. Um, Mission Impossible, his short little, well, yeah, I'd say short screen time they really had in the film was good. But uh, this looks fantastic. I think this actually looks like a really, really good film. And I always like that type of, um, almost has that like, like a kitty, like a kitty, you know, kid vibe to it too. You know what I mean? Like a family type film. No, yeah, for sure, and I, I, I agree. I think that it looks like yeah. a, it looks like a fun kids' adventure, and you know, approximately by Brown for trying to expand because you know she's not gonna, she's not going to you know be in Stranger Things forever. No, she's not, and uh, you know this is good. She's actually letting her uh, accent do the work. For yeah, her she, she can have, actually. Yeah. She actually gets to be British for once. I know she actually gets to be herself, so that's uh, it's really good. That's great, yeah. And uh, this movie is set, for, like I said, it's going to Netflix. Uh, Enola Holmes is set for a is set for a September twenty third, twenty twenty release. That's gonna do it for trailers. I know we have a whole bunch of DC fandom stuff. That's gonna be its own segment. We'll get there. We'll get there in a bit. But for right now, we have some news to talk about. First, of, first of which is uh, reboots, reboots, reboots. It's it's, yeah. a, it's happening again, Russell. This one is I, a, a baffling reboot. No. Are you familiar with said Powerpuff Girls? I am not. Shockingly, I don't know. But do, but do you at least know what they look like? I know what they look like, yes. So, what have I told you? They're not, they're not only doing a... They're not only doing a live-action version of this. That's it. That's it. Live-action version. <laughs> live-action version <laughs> for the CW, written by Diablo Cody. This is madness. You know, this this is this is Powerpuff Girls. I mean, this is I I can't I can't even I don't know how you do it. I I mean I don't know how. It's just it's just a weird. It's gonna look. It's a weird direction. It's gonna look weird. It's gonna look, it's gonna look weird. It's gonna look weird. Yeah, it's gonna look, look really weird. Are we gonna do like the Alita like big anime eyes? <sighs> you know what? That movie gets shit on. Dude. I really like Alita though. Oh, <laughs> as much as that movie gets shit on, I I mean she has those bug eyes. I know, but uh, I still it's still good. Fun film. Guilty pleasure. I don't know. Don't know how we're going to do this, though. I mean, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> if it's anything like, like Riverdale, it's going to be like, it's going to start off really good and then just descend into absolute just garbage. Garbage. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, if you're excited for that, which I don't think is anybody. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, other thing in the work, uh, we have another John Belushi biopic in the work. First one being Wired, but that movie is movie's awful. Like, it's so awful. Did you ever see it? No, I have not seen one it. Oh, Michael Chiklis, no, you haven't seen it? No, I have not. You're not missing a whole lot, honestly. They give him, they give him a Guardian Angel. It's really, it's really weird. Yeah, uh, it doesn't but, sound very entertaining. But they are... They are looking at to do it again, this time with one Mr. Adam Pally. He's a smaller actor. He's been in a lot of TV. Yeah. He had a minor role in Iron Man 3. I'm going to send you a picture right now. I will say, like from a look standpoint, I do think he's a good casting. No, I can see it for sure. I can, I can agree with that. I, I definitely think that he definitely looks uh, a lot like Belushi. So I can, I can see that for sure. He's also like really funny. Like He's, he's hilarious on Happy Endings. Uh, I've seen a bunch of bit parts everywhere else, but that's where that's where I know him from the most. Okay. And I think that look, John Belushi has an in, has an undoubtedly interesting story to tell. But he, nobody, a lot of those guys, told a lot of those SNL guys do. No, no, absolutely. I mean, there's that. There's, I mean, Chris Farley is basically the same movie. And, and they they both are literally like mirror images of each other: cocaine yeah. and alcohol. Yeah. Except one was a little heavier. No offense, Chris Farley. But. A little heavier, and yeah. And I think, I, I feel like, you know, Farley had more time to shine as opposed to Belushi. Belushi uh, really wasn't in a whole lot. I mean, he was, but he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, well-known, like, movies. It's close. I mean, like, Blues Brothers and Animal House. I mean, I really can't. You know you know what I mean? When you think of Belushi, you think of those two. Yeah, that's true. Whereas um, Farley, you got, you know, Black Sheep, Tommy, Tommy Boy. Boy. Bill I mean, Madison. Beverly Hills Ninja sucked, but still, I mean, he's still good in it. <laughs> I thought that's he's fun. I love you went there first out of Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm thinking of the movies that he actually starred in. Turn his damn bus around. Um, what else? Uh, Almost, uh, Almost Heroes with uh, Matthew Perry. Oh, um, I forgot about, I forgot about Almost Heroes. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that was his last movie. It was not a good movie either. Um, what the hell else was he in? I feel like that's it. Was there, was there another one? I don't know. Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah, was... Tommy Boy's obviously. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you know John Belushi and Dan Acker were in, were in another movie together? Really? What, what was that? What Na- was it? Neighbors? Came out 81? Oh. oh. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? That is, yeah. Neighbors? No, I never, never. Is it a comedy? Apparently. I have to check it out. The '80s comedy, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's a little crazy. It's so weird. You know, but regardless, uh, uh, Chris Rock was also in both Wayne's World films, and he was also going to be the uh, cast of Shrek, voice of Shrek. And well, he was for a lot of it. He for... he got done. He got done most of it. Yeah, that's, that would have been that would have been a whole different world, I think. Yeah. It would, would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm excited for a potential Belushi biopic. You know, I was really excited about this. PJ Campbell. Who would that be? PJ, <laughs> PJ Campbell's a big Belushi fan. He has an unnatural fascination with, S- with SNL. It's kind of weird. Uh, he loves New York. He's obsessed with New York. That is, that is also true. Like, I'm thinking maybe that has a little bit. You're not a New Yorker if you don't like SNL, so I think he's really trying to play it down that, you know, hey. This has to happen, you know? Do New Yorkers even like SNL anymore? <sighs> you know what? Honestly, I got out of it. I was, I, I think I watched it at the hype. Like, well, at its like peak for me, it was with Will Ferrell, Jim, uh, uh, Jim Brewer, Daryl Hammond, uh, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Kattan, all those guys, Tracy Morgan. Uh, that's when I watched it. And I watched it pretty religiously. But then I just, 
I, got, I just got out of it. You know, I just, I can't, you know how I am with like TV shows, TV shows and stuff like that, man. Every Saturday, it's like different, you know, you get different uh, cast members, you know, after the end of the season or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, just it's too much, too much to, you know, keep up with. Uh, but either way, uh, excited for that. There you go. There you have it. Something I'm actually reasonably excited for because I think it's an interesting story. Uh, there's going to be a Wu Tang film. There's going to be well, a movie based on Wu Tang story from the director okay. of Britney Runs a Marathon. It's going to be the okay. story of the album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. So this is an oh. album that they made. They worked on this for years. They made exactly one copy, <laughs> and they sold it to. They made one copy with the intent that it was not going to be released commercially until 2000, no, 2103, I think is the correct year. But they sold the only copy to Farmer Bro, Martin Shkreli, and his shit-eating grin. <laughs> if you Google a picture of him, shit-eating grin. Yeah, literally. Uh, so they still, they still have like $2 million. But the thing is, like, they said, like, you can't, you, you can't sell it commercially, but what you can do is that like, you, you can, like, have it like listening parties. You can like, you know, get it for free. So it's like public domain esque. Basically, yes, it is public domain. Yeah, yeah. Thing is, this motherfucker has the only copy. So, boy, oh boy, oh, but he's the coolest one at the party. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's the coolest guy in the, in the jail cell. I'm bringing my CD, guys. Get the boombox out. <laughs> <laughs> Dust off the turntables. Do you get an updated version now? Does he have like an MP3? Does he have like a? Does he have like an MP3 of it now or something? Yes, he, he has it on his Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Russell, uh, since you're not super familiar with the story, are you, are you intrigued to see how this how this whole thing plays out? No, I am. Uh, as a, a music connoisseur in general, uh, you know, obviously any type of genre, because you know we always talk about straight out of Compton, which I really enjoy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about Wu Tang, which is you know kind of. Kind of crazy because I, you know, now we talked about this before. I was more of Bone Thugs and Harmony in the early, I would say the early '90s. It was one of my, it was my first parental advisory CD. Little fun fact for you: uh, E nineteen ninety nine Eternal with uh, Crossroads. Of course, was my first pr- pr- first parental advisory CD. That and I think Pox All Eyes on Me, double CD was uh, were my first two uh, parental advisory CDs. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I liked the genre in the '90s, so I'm sure I'm gonna like this. You know, I'm sure I'm going to like obviously be intrigued enough with it because I don't know the whole story about the band and stuff like that. So I always enjoy uh, watching movies about music that I don't, you know, don't really listen to a lot and then get a little bit of appreciation when I come out of it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think the story itself is just, is just fascinating. So I, I do want to yeah. see it play out. And Wu Tang's coming back in a big way. They had their giant uh, 36 Chambers reunion tour. Not reunion tour, but like anniversary tour is what, what more I meant, which I went to yeah. and it was still great. Those guys still got it. Uh, they got their show on Hulu, which is also great. I love that show. And yeah, it looks like uh, Wu Tang coming back in a big way. Uh, next piece of news: uh, Ridley Scott is looking to add more cast members to his Gucci movie. This is going to be a film about the assassination of. Oh, I, I cannot remember. What's the last fashion guy getting assassinated? Finstock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, is Bob, Finst- Bobby, it is about Finstock. Bobby Gucci. Bobby Gucci. No. Uh, oh, shit. My, uh, Marie, Marizio Gucci. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the guy. Uh, it's going to be told through the perspective of his wife, Patri- Patrizia Reggiani, who Lady Gaga is already set to play. But Russell, uh, he's running, looking at more people to fill this cast. Let me hit you with some of the, some of these names. Let me, let me let me hit you with some of these names. You got Robert De Niro. 
You got you. you tell me how you tell me how excited are you? How are you how are you excited about drafting up when I tell you these names? Okay, we'll we'll write this. Ready? We'll, we'll go ahead and do it. All right, Ready? So go ahead and go. You got Robert De Niro. Yes. You got Al Pacino. Yes. You got Adam Driver. Yes. And then you got Jared Leto. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just play like price, the Price is Right fail horn. Oh, uh, <laughs> the Yodeler went over. <laughs> Yodeler's gone. He he jumped off the cliff. Seriously, like Jer- Jared Leto like kills cinema erections across the, the across the world. And he's popping up in everything now. I just I like he like lost it. Like I said, with obviously we really bashed the shit out of Suicide Squad, rightfully so. Um, the Suicide Squad then played the same type of character in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and then obviously like like the Morbius trailer and stuff like that. The same type of character, like that dark going for the dark gritty character. I'm just like this is not like let's be different. You know what I mean? I just uh, yeah, it's a hard no. Yeah, but either way, look, the rest of this cast I think is absolutely, absolutely. stellar. Absolutely. I mean, look, maybe maybe Jared Leto's gonna play Marie Maurizio, and he's not gonna be in the movie much. I'm just glad. And the thing that pisses me off is like, why couldn't we do more Pacino De Niro films? Like, well, we had to wait 1995 Heat for the first time. Then obviously Righteous Kill. Well, I mean, um, well, I mean, first time you know, was first time was actually Godfather Two, but they weren't ever on screen together. So I get, I, I get your point. I get your point. You know what I'm you know what I'm dropping down. But like, right. it's like it's a shame because you know, obviously the Irishman, you know, is the third one. But like, I, it's just a shame that we didn't get these guys in their like heyday together a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh. So, but either way, uh, I do think this is a great cast, and Ridley Scott, man, great director, still pumping him out at eighty. Dude, I'm like, again, this guy is working hard at eighty. Um, I feel like him and Clint Eastwood, dude, uh, and, and Clint Eastwood was what ninety, and he's still putting stuff out, which is absolutely fantastic. But uh, these guys are legends behind the uh, behind this, the uh, camera for sure. It's it, I'm just really Scott has really come up like especially with all those reshoots with all the money in the world and stuff like that so his last couple of films have been pretty good he had a little bit of a little miss there but uh, he's been good since he's been good I mean he has his Prometheus every now and then but you know what and I'm an Alien Covenant fan I'll go to bat for that I, I love the way I, I, I like him more than Prometheus I'll and I, I'll, I'll agree with that because I think Prometheus is just kind of like very somber and more in one tone um, I love Alien Covenant just the way it ends um, it's just so sinister, and it's like, can we get a third one, please? You know, please, can we do this? Uh, yeah, we're, I mean, before this guy had his way, we'd have, like, six Alien prequels, but... <sighs> no, we got, like, Prometheus is just so... Man, it's so yawn. It's so yawn. So yawn. So yawn. It is, man. It's 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 tough to sit through. Yeah. God, God damn you, David Lindelof. <laughs> except, except, except for Watchmen. I'll give you that one. Until the end. <sighs> Lindelof. Watchmen, yeah. I, I still I still enjoy the Watchmen, but I mean, there's a lot of things you need to watch. We'll get to we'll get to it later, but regardless, we'll talk um, about it. So yeah, if you're looking forward to that, which I mean, both of us are. Absolutely, we got the cast. We got a great cast, and also Jared Leto. But he's going to be in it really quick, and it'll be still a great movie. So we're, we're just we're, we're just speculating. It's not confirming Mauricio Gucci. That's just, that's just wishful thinking on our parts. He's gonna have, yeah, he's gonna get shot. and He'll be done. So it's gonna be good. Uh, Good we also, stuff, guys. We also, before we get to our onslaught of DC news, we have some news regarding some the uh, Marvel, Sony Marvel. What? That one. <laughs> Nobody talks about it anymore. It's the it. other one. <laughs> it's the, the redheaded stepsister, but we never we never hear too much about it anymore. It's it's, it's, it's literally uh it's literally Bobby when Oliver got the Brady Bunch. We don't, <laughs> we don't care about Bobby anymore. <laughs> who's who's that? <laughs> 
Uh, but anyways, uh, so two of their major movies just got directors attached. First of which is the Craven the Hunter film, which will be directed by J.C. Chandor, who did uh, Triple Frontier for Netflix. He did okay. uh, Most Violent Year. I think this does point to a good possibility that Oscar Isaac could be playing Craven the Hunter. Okay. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to break news or anything. I'm just saying like it's in the realm of possibility because this is clearly a guy that he's very comfortable working with. Yeah. Yeah, they, have, they seem to have a good working relationship. So I would not be surprised if you hear if you hear Oscar Isaac got cast as Craven. Uh, and uh, we have another one, Olivia Wilde. Uh, she is set to direct a female Sony Marvel movie. No speculation that could be Spider Woman, could be Spider Gwen, could be Madam Web. No idea. So Russell, how much do you know about said uh, Craven the Hunter? Since that's one we know. We're going to go uh, don't know about, and we're going to go don't know about for the other one. Okay, well, well that, <laughs> that, one, that one we really don't know about, so we're not, we're not going to touch that. But Yeah. So Craven the Hunter is basically like, he's the human version of the Predator. He's okay. someone who prides himself on being the ultimate hunter and the ultimate killer, which is why, like, when word spreads around the world about Spider-Man, he literally like, gets on a plane, goes to New York, and tries to hunt him down. Okay. Which I think would have been a perfect villain for the third MCU Spider-Man movie because hey, the secret's out. Everyone knows who he is, and like what 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 makes sense? Bringing in someone to just hunt the shit out of him. Yeah, almost, yeah, like kind of like bounty hunter esque. Yeah. Doesn't that sound cool? Yeah. Well, we're not. Well, we're not getting it. Too bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but regardless, so we have that movie, and then we have Olivia Wilde's thing again. We don't know what that is, but between. You know about these projects, and you know these directors. Which one are you? Which one would you see in theaters first? Well, just because I'm more familiar with uh, Olivia Wilde's, I haven't seen anything the other director did. Um, I know of the films, but actually seeing them on the screen, I think Booksmart with Olivia Wilde is the only, obviously, the only one she did, and I really was taken away with that film. I really enjoyed it, and I get this is a whole different genre for her to tackle. So I don't know how it's going to go. This is going to be like Elizabeth Banks, how she goes. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I, I'm just gonna go with Olivia Wilde because I know her work. Um, she's one for one. I know it's a sh- it's a short it's a short statistic. To, it's a very to keep short resume, but hey, it's, it's a very short resume. But at this point, it's all she needs because she's got. But she's bad in a thousand. She's bad in a thousand. So <laughs> she's who ba- am I gonna pinch in? I'm gonna pinch she's bad in a thousand. This one. So let's, let's, she's bad. She's bad in a thousand. I mean, she's, she's had go one. She's had one pitch, but she's yeah. bad in a thousand. She hit a home run on her first pitch. So let's, let's, I, go. let's see if lightning strikes twice. I'd call it a good triple, but a good triple. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. I, I, like I said, it's it's a good film. I mean, it's yeah. You're, I mean, we're not gonna do a home run out of it. But it's still a good film. No, absolutely. So I, I mean, I think the mystery of it's like kind of throws it off for me because like, there are tons of characters that I just do yeah. not give a fuck about. Yeah. So I would probably lean towards Craven just because I like Craven. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Granted, story I'd wise, like, I'd like yes. to see him in a in a Spider-Man movie before yeah. seeing this. But hey, uh, Sony's gonna Sony. That's just what they do. Yeah. That's what they do. And uh, yeah, so uh, the the uh, spunk is I don't know if it's in good hands, but it's definitely in uh, it's definitely in hands. <laughs> uh, but now we now come to the biggest news we'll have over the weekend: DC fandom. See, last weekend Disney did uh, D- Disney DC did this whole big like online Comic Con type thing, and in a world where Comic Con at home was basically a huge letdown or a huge flop not not even like just i'm saying letdown it's a flop it was a flop in general yeah like there was nothing really that like exciting or new to announce there 
I think DC came out and was like, all right, look, look, SDCC at home. We're going to show you how it's done. This is a hold my beer moment. They delivered banger after banger after banger of news. So, sure. First of all, we're going to start with some video game stuff, which I'm going to commentate on alone just because I know Russell is. this is all you. I'm outdated. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm outdated. So we're, we're 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 not playing we're not playing Atari's anymore. So it's Russell's outdated. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, 360 was the last uh, swing of things for me. I have been <laughs> idly sitting down since then. So you, yeah, did you I'm get, waiting for Halo, new Halo. Did you get red ringed? I did not get red ringed. My oh, buddy, you, my my oh, buddy, bastard. Did. Some of my buddies did. Yeah, mine did. Those are sons of bitches, man. Especially when we used to shit out of that man. We we played. We would play online Halo for hours and hours and oh, hours. Oh man, then, I was I yeah. was on my Xbox like like Dude. forever. I remember the one night I, I clear as day remember this. Uh, my buddy had to go to work the next day, and I was like I was off or whatever. I didn't have to work or whatever. And he literally woke up for work, and I was still on Xbox playing online. Like I was, oh, I probably put in like twelve hours easy of playing Halo, constant. I was I loved it. It's great. All right, so uh, regardless, so uh, we have some video game news. They announced two major titles, uh, first of which is Gotham Knights. So Gotham Knights is a story, is a mo- it's a game in, the, in in the game, Batman's dead, his mansion maybe exploded, maybe it didn't, I don't know. Maybe he's still alive, we don't know. Uh, but it's now up to the team of Nightwing, Batman, uh, what's it, Batman? Nightwing, Batgirl, Red Hood, and Robin, presumably Tim Drake, to go in and save the city. Weirdest thing is, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the Arkham games. At least, like, do you know about the Arkham games? I know of the Arkham games, yes. Funny, weird thing is, well, spoiler alert for Arkham Knight, Arkham Knight ends with Bruce Wayne blowing up his mansion. <laughs> and okay. that's, that's where this picks up. It's not in the same continuity because certain things okay. don't add up with that universe. It's, it's just weird to me. Uh, but... Uh, looks like I do like the aspect of playing as multiple characters. Each one has different strengths. I, I always like that mechanic in games. And yeah, I think this looks like a really fun Batman kind of game. Uh, on the other hand, you have Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. This is actually from Rocksteady, the same studio that did do uh, the Batman Arkham games. They've been hinting the fact they're going to do a Suicide Squad game for a long time. Okay. Uh, and this is about the Suicide Squad, presumably just the four members, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, King Shark and Deadshot, who is still black. Thank you, Will Smith. <laughs> uh, as they hunt down the Justice League, who are presumably under mind control from Brainiac, who they... That's not a spoiler, because he's revealed... In the, you see the Brainiac ship in the trailer. Uh, the trailer is set to B.O.B. by Outcast, which is weird. Although it's fitting. It's, it's more fitting in here than it is in Scoob. That's not even a joke. That, that song is in Scoob. It is, yeah. Bombs over bad. Yeah, it is. That's uh, a, that a gra- great CD, by the way. Great cheap plug there, but really good CD. Oh, that that, that CD is fucking excellent. But <laughs> really uh, good. I th- I do think that this was one... it. Stankonia, wasn't it? Huh? Was it Stankonia? I or was it the one? A- or no, there was one. It's, it's the one after. Stankonia was Stankonia was one with uh, uh, back of the bus, Rosa Parks. Yeah, that's that's that's, that, that's Rosa Parks. Back of the bus. Uh, Back of the bar. I couldn't think of the damn song. I had it singing in my head. Rosa Parks. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> what the hell was that other CD called? Uh, I think of, I think of, I think of Italians. No, that was after. No, it was after. Okay, you know, we 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 need to solve this real quick. I'm sorry. Let's solve this because I'm gonna beat myself because that was a that was a tremendous album. That's a damn shame I can't remember it. Uh, it's see. not. Speakerbox was the one after. Uh yeah no no Stankonia you're right. 
I was right. Ah, see, now I, now I didn't make myself look like. But still, oh, and and Bob was on Stankonia. It was, yeah. Bombs Ever Baghdad. Yeah, it was the same one with uh, Miss Jackson. Yeah, Miss Jackson and So Fresh So Clean. Yep. Yeah, that that yep. album, that album was a banger. Oh, I was I was that put. I mean, that really modernized uh, Outcast. Like, Absolutely. I mean, they were obviously with Rosa Parks, but this really uh, st- stamped that. Uh, regardless, uh, back to back to the squad. So it looks like you're going to be in this game, like much like with Gotham Knights. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in the same continuity as the Batman Arkham games because there was a hint in one of the Arkham's. I think it was Origins, which I don't think is Rocksteady. Uh, it's that like they're making a Suicide Squad, but none of the characters look like they do in the game except Harley Quinn. So it could be in the same continuity as the Arkhamverse, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, same same thing. It looks like it looks like a really bombastic, fun game. It looks totally incredibly different from the Arkham games. It takes place in Metropolis and it takes place during the day, which is oh no, okay, <laughs> oh sure. daytime. Oh, what happens in the daytime? Thing is, I, w- I do wonder like what kind of Justice League we'll see because we could see a green, we see a Green Lantern balloon, we see a we see a Flash thing. I I do I would want to see Flash in this game. I think it'd be fun. Uh, it's I'm not sure how you get these how these four would kill someone like Superman because that's the one we see in this trailer. We know he is definitely going to be in this game. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how you how these four would kill them. I, it, it seems a little out of their depth. But a lot a lot out of their depth. They'll they'll find a way. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so, yeah, we have those. Uh, they'll probably they'll will definitely be for the next gen consoles. The uh, the PlayStation Five and the Xbox, whatever the hell the number is, I'm not sure. Uh, Gotham Knights is set for a release. That was coming out 2021. Suicide Squad: Killer Justice League is coming out 2022. So, uh, say uh, get 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 your bank loans, get your bank loans ready if you want to buy these ba- these game oh, stations. Jesus, yeah. And there you go. So now, Russell, we have news that you can commentate on right now. Yes. Because we're going into the movie news. All First right. of which is Wonder Woman 84. Not a whole lot new from the panel. We did learn of a new... Well, we not learn. We did see a new trailer. Not very different from the last one, uh, minus the Blue Monday. But we did get our first look at Cheetah. And she looks... She doesn't look bad, but I couldn't help but look at her and think cats... He would be correct in assuming so, because yes, it does, definitely has the vibe of cats. And look, it's not—it's not, it's not a fault in the CGI team. I think from a, from a design perspective, she actually looks quite good. It's just that you're not look. People like us cannot look at anthropomorphic cat people and not think cats anymore. Yes, yeah, so angelic, of course. Thanks, Universal. Way to go, angelical. But Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Wonder Woman '84, the new, the, the newest one? I mean, I liked it. I like the first one, obviously. Uh, total, total fan of what Patty Jenkins has done with the this franchise now. Um, Chris Pine, uh, love his witty one-liners. I think he's really going to have a lot of comedic uh, shine in this film, and he has really good chemistry on screen with Gal Gadot. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, Kristen Wiig is the is the kind of like the the it fa- the factor for me. The big you know the big uh, you know the factor here for me because it's like I don't know what we're going to get. Because like she's pure comedy in the majority of things she does, and none of this stuff looks—it's not comical, you know what I mean? So it's like, eh, can she act serious? Is the question. Um, I, I don't know. That—that's she's definitely the the big factor in this one. No, she. No, I, I agree. She definitely is, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be seeing whether or not she can actually like really buy into this villain. I'm not saying she can't, because she definitely could. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, she has it. But realistically, she is in a lot 
a lot of comedies, and that's the thing. It's like, eh, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how that turns out. But either way, I'm, def- I'm looking forward to Woman 84. I think it looks fun. I think it looks cool. And, uh, I mean, she abandoned the race of man, but she did have one wacky adventure in the 80s. So There we have it. So uh, uh, let's do it. Next thing we're talking about is Shazam 2. Uh, Shazam got official title, Fury of the Gods. Like I said, set for a uh, 2022, I believe 2022, if I'm not mistaken, uh, release. So hopefully uh, COVID blows over by the time that comes out. God, I hope so. I actually think it, did, <laughs> I actually think it got pushed back. Oh, yeah, no, it, it uh, oh, yeah, its date was taken by the by Matrix 4, so it was moved to November 4th, 2022. So Thanksgiving 2022 is going to be lit. Yeah, so keep keep the next two years open. Keep the two-year mark open there for that. And the weirdest part about this panel, we don't want to talk much about the movie, the weirdest part about this panel is one of the guests. Of course, you have the cast. You had uh, Asher Angel, Zachary Levi, Jack Dylan Grazer, the entire Shazamily. But they were joined by one Sinbad. Yes, comedian. First kid zone. Jingle all the way zone. Sinbad. Shaz- fictitious Shazam. Which no, I, I do love that they include him there because that's the only that, that's literally the only reason he's on this panel. Dude, I like honestly though, come on. If if he's in this movie, come on. Come on. You gotta put How him in. How awesome is that? You gotta put him in at this point. Like just even like and that'd be funny, he could reprise he could be a mailman just like he was in Jingle All the Way. Why not? He's the same character. I love it. He can wear that hat with the you know I, I love it. I, I'm totally on board with it. Let's do it. No, have him play the villain, the, the, the Turbo Man villain. I can't remember his name. Oh, oh, what the hell? He has the one that has the, he has the brain in the in the big, uh, the brain in the big glass yeah. thing or whatever. Is it Mega Brain? I don't, I don't know. I don't care. No. We'll talk about reviewing all the way. But what the hell was his name? But yeah, look, Shazam. I've, I've said, I think I said it before, Shazam is my favorite movie in the DCEU, and one of my favorite comic movies the past couple of years. I think that movie is really, really stand out. And I'm so down to see what they do in the sequel. Yeah, I mean for sure. And speaking of Shazam, we gotta go, we gotta flip the script and talk about his, uh, you know, his homie, his opposite, Mister Black Adam. It seems like this movie is finally, finally getting underway. About time. Is it okay? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I've been vocal on this show about how I don't think this movie needs to happen, but they did announce some things that made me. A little interesting. First of all, we got a, not really a trailer, but more, it's more like a hype video. Yeah, it's it's like a it's like almost like a like a comic book esque hype yeah. hype thing. It's like yeah. a motion comic thing, and yeah, design wise, it does look cool. They do create some really iconic shots from the comics, like the one where you're sitting on the throne. It's like a very famous yeah. Black Adam shot. Okay. Uh, they didn't. They did mention it's gonna be like a, maybe like a time a time jump movie because it said like. Thousand, thousand, five thousand years ago, I did, I did all this shit. I got stopped. I'm back. I'm doing this shit now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not exactly sure when most of the movie takes place, but we did get announced. It, is, it was announced that there is going to be the Justice Society of America in this film, which is basically the precursor to the Justice League. Okay. Uh, Adam Smasher already confirmed for the movie. He's going to be played by Noah Centineo. If you're a fan of Netflix teen rom-coms, like, well, nobody. Uh, you may know. You may recognize his face. Uh, also confirmed from the movie, and this will get, really got me excited. First of all, Hawkman will be in the film. Basically, okay. the guy who is a hawk and a man. That's <laughs> easy way to put it. And also, well, the one that got me really excited, Doctor Fate is going to be making his li- his big screen debut in Black Adam. 
So let me tell you about Dr. Fate. Dr. Fate is a guy who, well, he's not really a guy. The thing is, like, it's, there's this helmet. The helmet of Fate is possessed. You put that on, you're possessed by the spirit Nobu, and you become Dr. Fate. It's all-powerful, all-knowing. Egypt, look at Egypt, black and, not black, uh, blue and gold-looking motherfucker. <laughs> and he is he is awesome. He is legit one of my favorite DC characters. I've always wanted to see him make a jump to live action. Now we are finally seeing it in a movie that I don't think is necessary. But hey, you got Doctor Fate, you got me. So, Russell, uh, what what do you think of uh, Black Adam? Considering uh, what you, what you heard, what you saw, that gets um, you more excited for it. I was excited when uh, The Rock was on it. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of The Rock. I just I like everything that he really does. I think he's just really. He's really pushing the envelope for being like modern day Mr. America, pretty much. You know, he, he can do it all. You know, everything he gets involved in, obviously, like uh, even obviously out of you know movie contact. But uh, XFL, they give him the keys now to the shop. Um, the guy, he's a hustler. And um, yeah, I'm totally on board with it. I think he's going to I think this is what it needs. I think this movie's going to do buku bucks because of the fact that The Rock is headlining this film. Um, I don't know much about the other characters. Uh, but from what I hear and what you've said about him, I mean, I'm kind of on board just because, you know, I, I like, it, it, you know, the movie's only good as your supporting cast. You know what I mean? Um, we've seen that in a lot of these types of comic films. So if you have a good, you know, surrounding, you know, supporting cast around this guy, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, I, I was sold with it. Um, hyped enough, I would say. I, I'm looking forward to an actual uh, trailer of it. But uh, yeah, I'm sold. All right. Now we have our last three stories are all just straight bangers across the board. And how good are these stories? This is the least exciting one of the three of them. First of which, Ben Affleck. He is going to return as Batman for The Flash. First of all, we did see concept art for The Flash, which showed him fighting alongside Michael Keaton's Batman, which shows that he will not only will he be in the movie, he'll be dying the cowl once again. Probably not sure, not sure how physically up to par he'll be <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> I'm going to... Not, not too much. I Probably not too much. Uh, but regardless, uh, we saw that. But Ben Affleck is back. He, he he's back. He's coming. He's gonna be Batman at least one more time. Russell, does that? Okay, so you got the Flash. Yeah. You got Keaton. You got Affleck. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm sold, dude. I, I mean, obviously, Keaton, Batman '89. I mean, that's that's all you have to say. He's just he is my Batman because I grew up watching. You know, uh, 89's Batman. Um, but Affleck, I really, really like. I've always been a proponent of him on the show. I've always said I really liked him. And I just, I love the the acting chops of Affleck in general. Um, it's a shame that we're not going to get that standalone movie, especially if he was going to set to direct and star in it, which would have been, oh, I, I couldn't even imagine how good it was going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm on board. I, I like Affleck. I think he's a gritty Bruce Wayne, uh, an older, grittier Bruce Wayne, and I and I like what he brings to the table as Bruce Wayne. So uh, yeah, I'm on board. I, I really am. I'm looking forward to those a lot. Thing is, though, I do think there's always a possibility because like he, if he comes back, and he's like, oh, you know, I, I did really like doing this. It does open the possibility for him to may- maybe return in a greater capacity because I I think yeah. I do think we live in an age now where people understand that there are different iterations of characters and different universes going on. Yeah, I mean, you could still st- you still keep the storyline going that he's obviously in, and still have Pattinson's Batman. So, I mean, you could totally do it. Yeah, you could. So, I mean, I, I'd be I'd be down to see that because I for I, sure as much as, as critical as I as I have been towards the DCU, which we'll yeah. get, which like I said, we'll, we will get to eventually. 
I do think that he is a standout. I think he's a standout Bruce Wayne. I agree. And I'm, sure. and I'm excited to see him come back. As am I. Uh, next, next thing to talk about is the Suicide Squad. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Suicide Squad. We got the Suicide Squad. This is the official one. It's a done. You thought the last one was official? Uh-uh. uh-uh. This is it. Uh, we got two things. We got a cast announcement video, and we got a real a behind-the-scenes kind of real. Because this, this one did finish shooting. They were yeah. they were finished that before uh, you know the COVID hit. So uh, they released a bunch of things a bunch of things for it. So. Uh, starting with the roll call, it did confirm a lot of characters that we knew, some we didn't. Uh, we, like I said, Viola Davis is back as Amanda Waller. Jill Kinnaman, sadly, is back as Rick Flagg. This time in his trademark yellow t-shirt, which is nice. Hopefully James Gunn will teach this guy how to act. Uh, we, got, uh, we got Michael Rooker as Savant. So, uh, Russell, since you don't know, Savant is a guy who he's, a ri- he's basically like a rich guy who tried to be Batman, but not as well. Okay. So he went crazy and became like this, this like this like mercenary dude. So he's like the off-brand like peanut butter. Basically, yeah. Okay. He is off-brand peanut butter for Batman. He is the brand called peanut butter. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got we got Flula Borg, DJ Flula as Javelin. Javelin is a uh, former, I think he's German, uh, German Olympian who turns to a life of crime after crashing and burning in the Olympics. And his okay. trademark weapon is a javelin. What? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> I'd have, I'd have thought he used darts. Damn. But yeah, uh, we got him in this movie. I, I I think he'll be one of the more comic relief characters in this film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like I said, Margot Robbie's back as Harley Quinn. Uh, we got da- uh, we got uh, David Dasmalkian as uh, a character that I didn't think, I'd never thought I'd see in a film. Polka Dot Man. Okay. So polka dot man is a guy. He's covered. In, he's covered in a bunch of polka dots. He can throw them and do stuff. He's got you know, uh, black hole polka dot, sun polka dot, flying oh, saucer oh, polka oh. dots, bubble oh, polka oh, dots. Oh. <laughs> that being said, he's totally gonna die, right? Yeah, he has to. <laughs> like Im- imagine polka dot man is one of the last ones standing. He's gonna fall on his own polka dot. Die. <laughs> come on, just come on. Uh, we got uh, Ratcatcher in the trailer, rat in the cruel call, Ratcatcher 2. Uh, Ratcatcher in the comics was actually, he was a male character. Uh, he was a, he was an exterminator in Gotham who went crazy, who, uh, he went crazy, started training armies of rats. He's got Sun Rat, Black Hole Rat, Lockpick Rats. Uh, he started training uh, rats to do things for him and, uh, you know, start ripping off people. Uh <laughs> Until 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 Batman got him and got Ratcatcher too, so it's implied that this is either like his daughter or someone taking the mantle from the original male Ratcatcher. Don't uh, let Master Splinter hear you say that though. <laughs> Played by Daniela <laughs> Malkior. Uh Idris Elba. His character was very, very much speculated. I mean, I thought myself, and I know a lot of people agree with me on this, that he's gonna play Bronze Tiger, martial artist, uh, martial artist, super badass, Bronze Tiger. That is not the case. He's in fact playing Bloodsport. No, not the Van Damme movie from the 1980s. <laughs> I was going to say we bring him back. <laughs> we're bringing we're bringing back Van Damme. No, yes. uh so Bloodsport is a mercenary. First appeared in one of Superman comics. And uh he's actually most notable for shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet, which is actually the reason Dan got that. That's the reason he's in jail in this movie. 
Okay. So if you don't, if we don't get Man of Steel two, it's gonna be Zelda. I'm telling you what, dude, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah. Now, and and I will say, I do like that they gave him a chance to, you know, really like go into his own character because DC, DC has a massive, massive catalog of villains. I mean, yeah. I mean, when, yeah. I mean, it really does, well, especially when you. Have to have names like uh, Polka Dot Man, like. But like, but, but I, I think that <laughs> really it's, it's, I think it's more beneficial to Idris to try and you know craft his yeah. own character as opposed to trying to form fit something another actor did. And like we yeah. said, it is successful, which by all means, by all means, probably is going to be. Then uh, we have th- then uh, you know we could probably get Will Smith to come back. Which would I mean? Which was and we both agree that you know he was he was the best part of the Suicide Squad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we got King Shark. Uh, very, very simple, half man, half shark. It's actually a character that, a character that uh, David Ayer wanted to include into the first Suicide Squad, but uh, the CGI proved to be too big an undertaking. Which I mean, given how the other CGI that movie looked, it was probably the right call. Who was was Taika Waititi rumored to be the voice of King Shark? That's the thing. Like, like Taika Waititi is in the cast. Steve Agee's doing the on-set mocap. Okay, uh, but it's not confirmed that he's doing the voice or not. It is speculated that Waititi is maybe doing it, and because it doesn't have a name when they're showing this yeah, stuff, yeah, he's the one they don't have a name with, and yeah, I kind of hope it's not him. Not, not that I don't like Taika Waititi, I don't think he could, I don't think he pulled it off. I just think that if you have a big CGI character voiced by Taika Waititi, what's the first thought that's going to come to your mind? The fr- what a CGI character, a big CGI character voiced by Taika Waititi. What's the first thought that comes to your mind? I have no idea. Cor- I, I, I'm, I'm blanking right now. Oh, Korg! I love though. Korg was my favorite part of Ragnarok. Exactly. I feel like if you have yeah. Taika TD voice King Shark, you'll like draw some unfavorable comparisons to Korg, which is something I think they should probably avoid. Korg was like literally my favorite part of Ragnarok. Yeah. I know. I, I I just think I know, and I love Korg too. I just think that they should probably try and like differentiate. And I feel like if you have Taika TD voice King Shark, you're gonna be dangerously close into another Korg. But I mean, if you want the comic, you know, if you want the comic relief, though, why why not do it? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's a slippery line to kind of cross there with that. You don't know. I do like the idea of King Shark being this like giant goofball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, just just get someone else. You probably have to like Adam Adam Sandler. There you go. Done. Uh, you know, you know, Tiger, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Come on, Adam Sandler could do it. He could, but. Uh... Maybe. And you can say Adam Sandler's in the DC universe. It's craziness. <laughs> I, mean, Mar- I mean, Marvel didn't get him, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, Mong- Mongal, not Mongol. Uh, she's a- alien super badass, played by martial artist Mei Ling Ni. I'm not sure how you pronounce this. I know, I know it's NG, so I'm Ni. I'm not positive. Uh, but she actually did some stunt work on uh, Wonder Woman. Remember that uh, girl that got shot and just like kept swinging there for like thirty seconds. <laughs> that was her. That was her. Uh, she's a feisty one. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, Ma- Mongal. Uh, we have Peter Capaldi as the thinker, a uh, guy who evolved his brain with a super in- super intelligence. Played played by uh, Doctor Who former alum Peter Capaldi. I think he's a good person to have like behind the scenes. You know, probably could be like running running point on the mission. Yeah. I think th- I think that'd be yeah. really nice. Uh. We have uh, Alice Braga as Sol Soria, which I'm not sure who that is. There's a Juan Soria in the comics, so I think that might be a gender swap version of that character. Okay. Uh, we have uh, Nathan Philly. I'm oh, sorry. We have Pete Davidson as Blackguard. 
uh, mercenary for hire, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Pete Davidson playing Pete Davidson. And I'm oh. kind of into it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have probably my favorite addition in this cast. Uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK, which is a made-up name. He is playing a variation of a character called Arm... <laughs> He's named Arm Fall Off Boy. What this guy, what this guy is, he's a dude who can basically take his arms off and just beat the crap out of people with them. I think, nice. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> and I do think <laughs> that in a world where you can have anything Fillion play any character, to do this, I think that's great. And he's he's also really, really funny too. So I think you can bring a lot to this character. You have uh, Sean Gunn as Weasel, uh, half man, half Weasel. I've been. A character I'm pretty sure you could play with Plato without the makeup. Yeah. So the cool thing, like in the behind the scenes reel, like they just show like like he's like looking a window, but it's not like CG. So like, did they make like a practical like weasel suit? <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't tell you. Yeah. Uh. So Jack Corny, Bad Cat, a Cat and Boomerang, and the last one we got confirmation on is John Cena as Peacemaker, who is a guy uh. who he was actually the inspiration for. Uh, the comedian in Watchmen. As oh, a guy, okay. he, he, he's a guy who just wants peace at all costs, and you will just kill anything and everyone to get it. I think Cena said it himself, like a douchey Captain America, which is, yeah. I think is a good way to describe, describe. that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that we have our Suicide Squad cast. So, uh, Russell, you, you, hear, you hear all this. You see the trailers, the footage. What Are, are you excited for this? I'll, t- I'll tell you straight up. As someone who detests... The first Suicide Squad. Yeah, I think this looks great. Yeah, I, I like. I'm on board. I think this is going to be a lot better than the first one. Obviously, not too hard to do that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a good like melting pot of like a barrage of different you know uh, characters. So I think it, it sounds fun, um, and you know we'll see we'll see where it goes. Uh, but I'm on board though. Um, as much as we give shit to Suicide Squad, I did like the, you know, I did like the whole type of different characters though. You know what I mean? They 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 had. It could have been done and executed better. Um, I do like the fact with the different director coming in, I think uh, he's going to put a little bit more of creativity and like vision behind it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, and I do admire that James, first of all, James Gunn is like a great choice to pick to yeah. do this because, I mean, they already tried to copy James Gunn in the first one anyway, so it's like, okay, you know what? If you're, you're going to do James Gunn, we're going to do Gun, James Gunn. Get James Gunn. <laughs> get, yeah. get him on this. Get the guy you're copying and just call it a day. Yeah, and I do admire that he just he just picked the most like random, weirdest, dumbest characters he could have picked. It's like he closed his eyes on a, and had like all these characters on a dartboard and just closed his eyes and threw the dart and whatever he had. Up, oh, we're gonna put him in the movie. We'll yeah, you got, you got someone's name on a dart. All right, all right Sean, who are you playing? <laughs> Weasel. <laughs> yeah. We'll make it work. Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope it's great. I hope it succeeds. Because I want Will Smith back in these movies, and because I want to see a good Suicide Squad movie. I did too, for sure. Uh, they're also like really pushing the fact that it's gonna be like a really unpredictable film. It's like, oh, the second <laughs> I do love someone called like this is a 1970s war movie. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, elaborate, please. Yeah, please, go on. Yes, how does one do this? Why, why how, and why, and most of all, why? <laughs> yes. can't, it can't just be like a covert, like a covert ops, like superhero oh. movie. Why, why, that's like I'm kind of getting annoyed when people say like, oh, it's comp, it's not just a comp movie. It's a 1980s crime thriller, or not just a yeah. comic movie. 
it's a 70s spy thriller. Okay, dude, come on. Just, just, just admit it. You're a superhero film, and that's fine. You can do that. It's, it's all good. I mean, hey, it sells. It, it, it sells. It's it good. Does, it does, in fact, sell. Yeah, uh, so you're good. But yeah, they also predict the unpredictability. And like, I think that the thing that James Gunn tweeted out when he tweeted the cast, like, don't get too attached. So I really do feel like anyone in the film could die at any point. Yeah. Like, whereas, all bets are off on that. Whereas the first one, you were just like, okay, well, Will Smith's probably not going to die. Harley Quinn's probably safe. Actually, actually, just those two. And Viola Davis. Because, because Viola Davis. But, yeah, I feel like anyone could bite the bullet. Imagine they killed Harley Quinn. That'd be, that'd be fucking... Aww. That'd be fucking baller. Yeah, be an uprising. He's <laughs> like, you know what? I, ma- I made uh, two movies for you guys. Uh, I'm good. You can just you, you can just ask me right now. I'm out. We're good. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> uh, so there's that. But... We're coming to the mother of everything that dropped in DC fandom. We are, of course, talking about the trailer for The Batman. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to say right now, this trailer is awesome. Yeah. Like, the first day it dropped, I swear I watched it like five times. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, you totally buy into the hype of this. Like, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, Rob Pattinson, uh, really, but... Yeah, I, I, like I'm on board, man. It's gonna be exciting. No, absolutely. So uh, we got we got to look we got to look at a bunch of stuff first. Well, we got to look at what we presume is the Riddler's the guy in a duct tape mask doing yeah. killing. We got to look at uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. We got to look at the bat suit in action, which looks substantially better <laughs> than it did in yeah. previous photos, or the di- weird Daredevil hype video they released. Yeah. Uh, first, look at Catwoman, but she's wearing like a bag on her head. Which I don't know makes me think that she's not she's she's kind of new at this. I mean, Jason wore a bag too. Jason did wear a bag, but she did eventually, <laughs> or like a satchel or whatever the hell it was. So. He did eventually get the hockey mask. So I think she, eventually she'll get her <laughs> classic Catwoman suit. <laughs> she's gonna earn it. And we do see a brief like two shots. There's like one like really heavy looking dude. Look, it looks like Craig T. Nelson melting into Richard Kind. I'm like, who the hell is that? And then you like you pause and you look at it, like, oh shit, that's Colin Farrell. Dude, holy makeup job. That's all I got to say. Holy makeup job, Batman. <laughs> Literally. I mean, he is unnoticeable. Oh, yeah, no. Unnoticeable. I, I didn't even recognize him the first time I saw that trailer. No. I, like, somebody said that's... Well, I was like, no, it's not. Like, really? Like, it doesn't look... It looks nothing like him. No, it does. And like he said, he's playing the Penguin. Uh, got a ton of prosthetics. Yeah. It, it's not really noticeable until he moved because it's shot later in the trailer where like, he's like looking around his car. Like it's there, it's kind of noticeable. It looks a little, you know, thinnerish, but oh, he lets out the Irish accent. He does out. let out the Irish accent a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a done deal, done. Uh, but uh, this trailer like looks like really like like dark and like really disturbing because you have him yeah. trying to hunt the Riddler, who's really portrayed like the Zodiac killer in this film. Yeah, uh, yeah, which almost is like that. Which is something that I think that would have worked really well for the for the Nolan Batman films. It would have worked perfect for the Batman or the Nolan films. Absolutely, I think I think yeah. that kind of villain would work great. But they take that concept, put it here. I think that's awesome. Uh, we get first, we get looks at uh, you know Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. It's a petty thing to mention. But I'm not really big on his haircut. I just wish gel it back, gel it back. I'm, yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> gel it back, get a buzz cut. I don't know. Just do something. Yeah, it's almost like boy bandish. He does. Yeah, boy, he does boy look. Band-esque. He does look like boy bandish. It's really weird. Yeah, it's it's like we could. Yeah, you could do better. Uh, 
we did hear our uh, first. <laughs> we did get our first like listen of street of a uh, street Alfred. He's like, yeah. Oh, Master Bruce, you go. You're haunting the Riddler. <laughs> Is the Andy Serkis way because like Andy Serkis has like a very like street British accent. He's not very proper. Yeah, you're. Yeah. What I think is a welcome change. We've had like six proper Alfreds. We need we need a dirty Alfred. Yeah. We need a badass Alfred. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we need a re- we need a rebel Alfred. And like the the shot that like really like caught me is just, <laughs> just when he's going up to these dudes in like white face paints and like yeah. black eye makeup who look like Joker guys. I'm not sure who these dudes yeah. are. They almost look like uh, Joker henchmen guys. <laughs> it's just like he starts like beating the shit out of one dude. Like hits him like three times, knocks him on the floor, and then just keeps punching him. Everyone's like, "Okay, shit." Like, <laughs> 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 you get the dude's like, "Hey, help, help, help!" <laughs> <laughs> and like we get, we just get our first peek of Pattinson's bat voice, which is like, "Yeah, I'm vengeance." Yeah, which probably my favorite bat voice since Keaton, honestly. Yeah, I mean it's good. I don't know. I, 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 I know it's I'm just. I know it's just two words. I know it's just two words. Yeah, but I do think that he's like. Well, he doesn't sound like he's gargling marbles. Like, uh, oh yeah, he's like Christian Bale. Like Christian yeah. Bale, which, granted, like, be fair, he only did, he only did it in the last two movies. The, se- the second it, one, the first one, is pretty good. And Affleck is almost robotic. Yeah, which by design, yeah. which I, I think is kind yeah. of a. It it makes sense logistically, but I think it's kind of a poor choice. I think you. Affleck could have, yeah, done Affleck it on his own. Boys, yeah, absolutely. Clooney didn't even try. He just was like, "Hey, freeze! I'm Batman." He's, He's like, "Shit, I'm getting a paycheck." And then, <laughs> you, you, you sure you're not just Bruce Wayne? Then Kilmer, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I do, I do think that he's. It looks it looks like they're really nailing the look of this film, and you can tell just from the presentation that he had. Matt Reeves is a guy who really knows, really understands, really loves Batman, and that's yeah, what and gets that, me excited. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you want somebody who's passionate about the character and on top of it, a good director behind it. And I think that's going to blend well for this film. Not to mention, they're finally acknowledging he's wearing black eye makeup. <laughs> yes, yeah. Something no Batman film has ever done, ever. Yeah, we, yeah it only took a while to the cat's out of the bag now. We, we, we knew, we knew. Yeah. But either way, yeah, the Batman is one I am... Definitely excited for. I think it looks for incredible, sure. and it's set currently set for a release October first, twenty twenty one. Cannot get here fast enough. So that's gonna do it for our DC fandom talk, which means we now get to talk about the movie of the week, Jaws. Are we not doing Justice League? Are you out of the Justice League? What? <laughs> You're not doing a Snyder cut? Oh, son of a bitch! I forgot about that. Damn it! I know you hate. I know you hate. Listen, I know you hate Justice League. Uh, well, we just we did, well. I mean, I thought we peaked at Batman. Fine, let's talk about let's talk about the Snyder cuts. <laughs> you say it for me, don't lie. No, I didn't. I uh, I, I, I honestly that was not a, that was not on my was it on my list? No, you're good. It, well, you, I mean, it's, no, I honestly I, I did forget to write it down. Okay, fine. Snyder cut. <laughs> oh come on, hashtag. Release the Snyder Cut, baby. It's happening. Well, they're doing it. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we got this trailer for uh, the Snyder Cut. It's uh, set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to be honest. As someone who's been pretty critical of Zack Snyder's work in the DC, yeah. I think this trailer is good. It is, yeah. Uh, I think it's a lot of... The weird thing is, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of CGI crap. It, <laughs> but it, it, it is. That's what you expect. 
thing is, I guess now we have Darkseid. I'm not sure how big a role he's going to play in it. Yeah. We also got another... Oh, there's another one from Apocalypse. I can't remember his name. But uh, Steppenwolf, I will say, looks way cooler. Oh, so this. much better. He doesn't look, he doesn't look more convincing, but he does look cooler. Look, he looks less of a joke, I think, for yes. sure. Like, he doesn't look like a big gay Viking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... Yeah, what is it? He loves Leonard Cohen's Alleluia, man. He also had that in The Watchmen, I think, God, too. Yeah, he did. He did. He's a fan of Alleluia. Maybe we should just stop Zack Snyder from being able to use that song. Because, <laughs> man, I liked it at first, but like, the more I watched him, it's like, this just plays like Zack Snyder just stroking his ego so hard. It's like, ha, you ought to be saying hallelujah when you see when you see that this movie is coming. Because you I, love I, me. I'm, I'm, I'm amped, dude. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I like Justice League to begin with, like, the the movie I know it's, it's far from perfect, but to get it his vision for four hours, man, I'm uh, I'm on board. Yes, it wasn't. It was also announced that this is going to be not a movie, but it's going to be a four part miniseries. God, I hope this doesn't last. This doesn't go week to week. And and then the other thing is, I hope they release it to buy after like months after down the road. I'm sure they will. To to, uh, to like on Blu-ray, which would be great because uh, I definitely want to get it. But um, yeah, I, I think. Could it be a four-day event, maybe? I don't think it's going to be four weeks. I think it's going to be, like, maybe back-to-back-to-back-to-back days, maybe. They should just put it out on the same day, honestly. They should, because I would sit down and watch it for four hours. But I don't know if, like, or, like, maybe do two hours one day, two hours the next, maybe do it like that. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, uh, the weird thing thing is about it, like, uh, uh, not a weird thing, but just the thing they said, that they're not going to use any footage from the Joss Whedon cut. Yeah, which is weird because that means this must be an entirely, entirely different film. He really, really must have hated what Whedon did, or he's really just trying to stand apart and say, "Hey, listen, this was my vision for what the Justice League, what how I wanted it to be." And look, I may not like how Zack Snyder approaches certain things, but I do, I don't think he's necessarily a bad dude, and I do think that he got a rough deal with this movie. So I'm glad that his vision is gonna be put out there. Well, that and with the tragic of his daughter and stuff like that, I think, yeah. you know, he was dealt a lot of shitty hands, and I don't think that the vision didn't come out how he obviously, no pun intended, envisioned it because of all the outside things and outside pressures of the studio and stuff like that and all that stuff that, that happened with his daughter, unfortunately. I think, you know, time, time, like, t- you know, time down the road and stuff like that, it's like, hey, you know, now, you know, the dust has settled a little bit. I'm going to show you what how I wanted the Justice League to be portrayed, how I wanted, how I envisioned this, you know, vision of mine, and uh, like I'm kind of kind of curious about it. I mean, I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely going to watch it because I want to know yeah. like, how different this really was. Is it worth the movement? Is what I want to know. Is is it worth the movement? If this if this sucks too, which it very <laughs> likely will, then all this is was for worth, all yeah. this was for nothing. Is it worth the hashtag? That's what I want to know. Is it but, worth uh, ha- I, I hashtag? Was it worth the hashtag? <laughs> yeah, I thought. Listen, I want to be optimistic about this. I, I, I have good feelings on this. Um, I'm just wondering everybody's screen time. I think we're going to – and that's the other thing I like and appreciate about this is we're getting more backstory, um, which which I'm really excited about. It's never getting more character, especially from Cyborg, who like, I think Zack Snyder described I was he, was, say, he, was the, yeah. he was supposed to be the heart of the movie. Which he really, really which he wasn't. really in, in wasn't. No, he was hardly in it. He was like, oh, that guy. He's like, oh, yeah, hey, I'm metal. What's up? Hey, what's up? I got a red eye. What's going on? <laughs> <Boo>. <laughs> I was like, Boo. sure, okay. Boo, yeah, I guess. Yep. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, if you're if you're a massive Zack Snyder fan, I know it's gonna 
I'll say, if you're a massive Zack Snyder fan, you're already going to love this. I mean, uh, listen, it's not going to be worse than Sucker Punch. We're good. Oh, if if it, it is, I'll be <laughs> not glad. I'd be more impressed if this, if this is worse than Sucker Punch. Oh man, it's like you had to like really deliberately. You had to try to do that. You do. You really do. Okay, well, now can you move on, Russell? We can move on. I just want to get in the. I just want to address the elephant that was in the room that you didn't even see. God. You didn't even acknowledge in the corner. God damn. Had a perfectly okay. good chance to end off on the Batman. And I know. I, I ruined it. That's my Zack fault. Zack Snyder had to go and ruin it. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go. All right, let's talk about Joss now. So, like we said, uh, Steven Spielberg. This is. You ever about, have we ever talked about one of his movies before? Is that first? This is our first Spielberg, though. He's been on a lot of polls. And actually, you know, even when we were talking about this poll in general, you could have put like all, you could put all Spielberg movies for five years, for five oh, decades. Yeah, you can pick a Spielberg from, from every single Easy. decade. Yeah, it was hard to, it was hard to do this. It was really hard to come up with the, with the uh, titles we wanted to put on here because you could put a lot of, you know, different films in different decades and stuff like that or different directors. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, this was the one that really put him on the map. So, yeah, basically, he, he came off a really big hit in Sugarland Express in 70... Ah, I think it was 73? We released it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, 72, 73? Yeah, so uh, WB is like, hey, look, we want you to come make this movie. Because Jaws was like uh, the biggest... Oh, 74. Okay. I, I knew it was one of those two. Because Jaws was like a very like big IP in the seventies. Uh, WB yeah. won the bid for it at a price of uh, they they bought it for a hundred and seventy seven seventy five thousand, worth about a million in today in today money. Uh, so he's uh, they, they brought him in to, to direct it. Uh, they gave a budget. They greenlit it at a budget of three point five million dollars, and the shoot was supposed to last fifty five days. But if you know anything about Jaws, you know this is one of the most troubled productions in film history. Uh, the shooting, the budget exploded to $9 million. And the shooting lasted an astounding 159 weeks. Jeez. Well uh, worth it, though. The end result was not yeah, sure uh, a masterpiece. They, they, had three, they had three mechanical sharks, which would break constantly. Uh, they, at one point, because Spielberg as opposed to filming this on the actual tanks on Universal, decided he wanted to actually go like on actual water to shoot it. Yeah, uh, he went to a legit, yeah. As a result, he actually sunk a boat <laughs> with the cast and crew still on it. That's awesome. Uh, a, camera, a camera went into the water, so it actually had to be flown to New York to actually save the movie. So all this amounted in one giant headache, so much so that the crew of the film actually nicknamed the film Flaws. <laughs> But like you like you said, Russell, this is a gambit, and it paid off extraordinarily. Absolutely. And, and yeah, the thing, if, if this, if Spielberg's entire career hinged on this movie, if this had flopped, we never would have had Steve Spielberg ever. But but I think the passion that is Spielberg, I think persevered through this. I think his dedication and his vision. I mean, just so we can say that about any film that Spielberg gets behind. But um, I think his vision and his want and hunger for this film. Is really what really you know catapulted this into being a you know instant instant classic. Yeah, and I mean we're not going to hide like we said this movie. This movie is a goddamn masterpiece. I love it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's one of my favorite films of all time. But we're going to tell you exactly why we love it right now. 
this is Jaws. Uh, so we start off. I mean, we start right off the bat. You hear what will become one of the most iconic themes in movie history. Just two notes, like. Literally, just that's all it takes. But the but the the score that John Williams you know brilliantly composed for this. I mean, it's so it drives the tension, it drives the thrill, it drives the whole entire feeling that you feel when you're submerged in this film. Like it's 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 crazy. Two notes, you know, two chords do that. It's 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 absolutely crazy. Yeah, uh, we then cut to what every horror film was in the 70s, or at least how they started. Teens fornicating, this time on the beach. Absolutely. As two as two teenagers go off to do, you know, teenager things. Night swim. Can we just say that the guy's acting as drunk was awful? I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, it's not great. Okay, that's all. He's, he's, small, he's, small he's, he's very clearly 80-yard. I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. <laughs> Uh, so the girl, really? the girl goes into the water, and we get like one of the fa- classic, famous POV shark shots. Chris- Chrissy Watkins, name of the girl. Uh, she goes yeah. into the water, and you just see her start getting yanked around. Yeah. Now the thing, the plan was, like I said, the mechanical shark didn't work. His plan showed a lot more, so they had to ma- they had to improvise, do what they could. Yeah. Which I think makes the scares more effective because you gotta. And it does, yeah. You see the way she's getting like jerked around. You just, you just like imagine the shark down there, and it's it's terrifying. And that's the brilliance of this film. It's the fact that like you know you know we talked about Spielberg obviously having problems with mechanical mechanical shark, sharks and stuff like that. I think that's almost to its benefit that we don't see the shark to, like uh, over like I think it's a little bit over an hour we actually see Jaws for the first time. Um, it's just a brilliant, it really does a great job of setting that suspense. Like I'll go with the Williams score with the fact that we don't see what's in the water. It, it, that's that in itself is scary. No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do think that not seeing the shark kind of went to the film's benefit. I think it's people agrees is like, Absolutely. yeah, I elevate that to a Japanese B horror film to something like yeah. really, really iconic because we see it too much. That doesn't become scary. We're just used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, it, immediately your curiosity and just like your fear is spiked, and you have Absolutely. it, and you all you see is a girl get moved, get moved around in the water. Yeah, but you you can only envision what the hell she's going through at that point. It's it's terrifying. We then cut to the next day where we meet our protagonist, where we meet our main character Martin Brody, who I think is a near perfect protagonist. Absolutely, he does much better in this film than he did as a portrait in Jaws Revenge. <laughs> and he did do the portrait in Jaws. <laughs> he actually got lines. Just say, yeah, I just had, we had to connect the you know had to connect the reviews. Um, much more efficient, I think, in this film for sure. Yeah, and Roy Scheider, <laughs> Roy Scheider is so great in this film. He's perfect in this film. Like and, he is just so. And I think what works know, about Martin yeah. Brody is the fact that he he does seem. He, he seems like such a real person. He's it's, it's such a, it's such a naturalistic performance. Yeah, he's like a regular Joe that's just out there to try to do his job and try to help you know help people actually, you know, help others. And I think yeah, that's, that's a really big humanistic factor that is uh, Brody's character. Yeah, no, and uh, so like he, he finds he finds out about this girl getting murdered. He, he lives on Amity Island with his with his wife and his two kids, one of whom will get murdered by the same shark later. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, so, uh, Mar- uh, Brody yeah. decides to go and uh, close down the beach until we can investigate the shark thing. Uh, to much to the dis- to you know the dismay of the town mayor, 
Yeah, I mean, because money. We can't close that kind of stuff down. Look yeah. at the money. The, huh, we, there's so many people coming to the beaches. We're at Summertown. Yeah, we're, I mean, you have it's Fourth of July weekend. Come yeah. on, we we got to make the money. Yeah, we have uh, Murray Franklin as Mayor Larry Vaughn, who is maybe the worst political official in any movie ever. He, yeah, he he's got to be up there. Yeah, like you ever see those posts where it's just like, like a uh, the movie's villain, the real villain. It's like yeah. the movie's villain is the shark. The real villain is the mayor. Absolutely. Yeah, because he is like really like refusing to shut down this town. He's like, okay, look, we're a summer town. We need we need this. Everyone's, <laughs> I, I, I did love his re- his reasoning. He's like, yell barracuda. Everyone says what? Yell shock. Everyone everyone panics. <laughs> yeah, but he, he, as as slimy as he is, as unlikable as, as this character is, Murray Franklin is. Oh wait, is it Franklin or Hamilton? Murray Hamilton. I'm sorry, not Murray Franklin. Murray Hamilton. Murray Franklin is the Robert De Niro character in Joker. Murray Murray Hamilton is really good in this film. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to the next day at the beach. Martin's there. He's watching everything go down. And I do like that. There's there's no score accompanying this. No, so it's just, just a normal day at the beach, man. Yeah. I do love that the like, the um have you how it like built ambiance because like you're really like you feel like you're at the beach like you hear the splashing of the water you hear the dude yeah, with the dogs s- yeah you hear the you hear the people you don't hear you don't hear the sun tanning but like you can practically like you know feel them sun tanning it's just it really like puts you in the shoes of Martin in the shots yeah it does. And, I, and I do love the scene where like he's talking to somebody and like he sees it but like in the foreground like in a blurry kind of way. You yeah. see the water behind him. I do. I think that's an excellently composed shot. That is a tight shot. Yeah, it really kind of puts you in the mental states of Brody in that in that scene. Of what's going through his head, yeah. Absolutely. So, but then everyone goes to the water. We get. Uh, see, I'm not sure if Quentin Yosal has got his fascination with feet, but there's a lot of legs in this film. A lot of legs. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Tarantino loves his feet, man. He does. Uh, but you're, you're you're waiting for the axe to drop anytime this comes. Like you already know, like this dude, this dude lost his dog. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's going like you you know something's coming, but then you then it happens. Like this kid's kid on a raft. Oh boy. And there's a kid on a raft, and you see him get pulled down. It's bloody. It's brutal. This is an incredibly brutal death for anybody, but the fact it happens to a child. Yeah, because usually, you know, even nowadays in Hollywood, it's like it, you, children are usually like a safe bet. When you get this, it's like, holy shit. It's like all bets are off now. Keep in mind, you know? this movie was PG. Yeah. I will say it does lead to one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite shots in movie history. is the scene where he's sitting at the... Where he's sitting down, he realizes something's wrong. It's, it's such a, it's such a great shot. It's such an influential shot. I get that shot and a ton of things, but the way it's done, yeah. I think, it, I think it's you have to you put the camera on a dolly. I think you back up, you back up the dolly and you zoom in at the same time. It's, it's, a, it's a very like tightly coordinated thing. Yeah, and Spielberg shot a lot of times to get it perfect like that. Oh yeah, sure. and Spielberg like he, he originated that shot. Yeah. It's it, it's it's fantastic, but yeah. Uh, th- from then, all hell all hell breaks loose. Everyone's going out, and something something I do hate about this about this scene now is like when they're running out the water. I don't know if you know, there's one dude that's like totally smiling. 
Oh yeah, I, I didn't I didn't look that far. Yeah, I didn't look at yeah. But when they're running at the water, just like look at the people's faces. There's one dude who's like totally just like, hey, let's go get the shark. <laughs> yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. My man. Is there beer involved? Sure, let's do it. But yeah, everyone gets out. Only one fatality, but my God. Yeah, it's 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 definitely um like like we had just said, like I think it's the fact that the kid gets the Alex kid that gets gets uh, killed here. I think it's that where we're like, wow, like all bets are off. You know, nobody's safe. Like 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 even the tagline is just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's that, you know, a, a child getting killed. Oh my God. It can happen to anybody. No, good. Yeah. The, 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 the way the mother reacts, it's just so, it's so understated that I think, yeah. it, I think it's, it plays as a really great moment for sure. But yeah, from that, from, from then we have a town meeting, someone trying to figure out what they're going to do about this shark. Yeah. Like he does the, uh, they agree to close the, they agree to close the beaches for 24 hours. Yeah. Hey, you're getting a day out of the mayor. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, shit, I should have a day is like 20 years in mayor language. Jeez, like uh, like any other responsible political figure, especially in this town, <laughs> would, would be like, "Hey, like shit, we can't be doing this like throwing these people in harm's way literally." The thing is like like, no, like nobody disagree nobody like Says like this is ridiculous. Everyone just like twenty four hours. Not in this like the no, it should be longer. In like the that's way too long. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like they, they freak out closing the beach, and I get it because they're a community that like hinges on tour like tourism and people coming in and like spending money at their shops. So like obviously I, they're I, concerned, I, I, but yeah, yeah. It's like no, a, I get it. But what I'm trying to say is like you have the whole entire summer to get exactly. get that money. Do you know what I mean though? And does, isn't isn't it crazy how well this mirrors COVID? It it's it it mirrors it scarily for sure. Yeah, but you know everyone's bickering. But then we get the introduction to my favorite character of the entire film, Quint. Hell yeah, played by I Robert mean, Shaw. He is the Captain Ahab in this film for sure. No, literally, because we'll get to it later. He the is. story completely yeah. mirrors Captain Ahab. Absolutely. Yeah, this from his, his opening where he scratch where he just like scratches the chalkboard. <laughs> you are immediately invested in this character. Love it. I mean, he's such a badass who's been around. He's that guy that's been, you know, that you know, rugged veteran type guy who who will do nothing to until he gets what he sets out to, you know, get. It's 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 great acting. He also just had like just like an air of like especially me. He has like an air of mystery about him because you, you don't know a whole lot about him. Like you don't know a lot about him until obviously we'll talk about it later on when they're you know when uh, Hooper and uh, Brody are sitting down with them when they're like you know drinking and stuff like that you get a little bit more about it but you it's the unknown right now it's like this guy's like this this big you know godlike character who no nobody knows anything about you know yeah and, he, and he's like hey, look look you 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 know you know I can do this shit so I'll tell you yeah. what I'll find it I'll find your shark they offer three thousand dollars to find the shark I'll find your shark for three you want me to kill him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need ten thousand dollars. And I love the quote: "You get the, you get the tail, the head, the whole damn thing." Yeah. It is, and he's like, "We'll, like, we'll consider." He's like, "All right, you know where to find me." <laughs> he's like, "I'm not gonna run to you. You're gonna run to me." <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, don't go. How would it be? Don't call us. We'll call. Don't call us. You'll call me. He's like, "Well, shit. I'm not. I know. I'm not going into the water. This ain't my problem." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so like, yeah, you know, Martin. At this point, he's he's really paranoid. 
Like yeah. I do, like I do on this next part where like he's like sitting with his wife and his sons in, and, and they got a boat for his birthday. Oh my god, yeah. And Martin's just like, get out of the water, get out right now. Yeah, it's like, dude, you guys are in a shallow end. It's not a giant deal, but we can see where this paranoia has set in, and I mean, this paranoia yeah. is contagious in the film because like you you do get paranoid because you're like this thing could be anywhere. You know? No, yeah, like you could, you could, he's silent killer, he could sneak up on you whenever. Doesn't matter where. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, <laughs> and I do like the scene where like, uh, like Ellen is like, oh come on, give, give, give him a few more minutes. He's not going anywhere. And she looks at the book, and there's like a see, like a picture of a shark like sinking a boat. She's like, <laughs> Michael, you listen to your father. You get out of that boat this instant. Well, don't worry. She goes off the deep end and draws revenge. But that's another another time for you know another talk for another discussion there. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, but then we get we get we get the inevitable, the inevitable uh, side effects of a reward being offered, a mass reward being offered. Stupid people try and cash in. Because you oh, have yeah. you have a guy who tries to use a holiday roast to catch the, catch the thing, which is a vile, vile waste of good meat. Absolutely. Uh, so they try and use it to catch it. Uh, but the thing is, I do love the way this scene builds because. You need scenes like this because what happens is the shark grabs it. He breaks the pier, just like clean, just breaks it off. Yeah. While one of the and one of the dudes falls in. And again, you no, you never see the shark. You don't even see the fin in this case. You just see it dragging the remains of the pier. You just and you just see it, you see it getting close. You see it getting closer and closer, and you're like, oh shit, this dude's got to get out or he's gonna get eaten. And you yeah. think he's gonna get eaten. He barely makes it out. Yeah. But this is like a real, this is like a real like pulse pounding scene. It is, yeah, you know, and it, it, and again, you know, go back to what we said. It's the fact that you don't see the shark in it that I really think that it does, you know, does wonders for this film. I think the fact we don't see it works in this case because you you don't know what you don't know like how big it is. You don't know like how far away from the, away from the dock. You just see the piece of the dock just floating on and getting closer. So yeah, just like, oh, it, God, it like gives something. you that paranoia feel again. You know? like, 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 is he is he twenty feet away? Is he two feet behind? Is he like right next to you? Like, like where 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 is he? Has he swum like five hundred miles to find you? Like, you don't know these things, you know. Did <laughs> he go to the Bahamas to find another family? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, we we can see what the shark can do. You know. <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't go to the next day. Like we said, like a lot of people are now going to find this thing. Like basically yeah. the entire town, money hungry, money hungry. So much so that they get people using dynamites, all kinds of dumb shit. Yeah, and we meet our base, our basically our last main player of the film, Matt Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfus. And I love this picture you sent me when we were talking about the fact that literally American Graffiti was only a couple years prior. Two years. How much he looks like he aged? Yeah, in two uh, years. Yeah, uh, Richard Dreyfus basically aged like. Ten, like 15 years in the span of two. I mean, it's crazy how much. Yeah, I, I remember I saw Jobs before I saw American Graffiti, but I knew Richard Dreyfuss was in it. And the whole, same, time, yeah, watching American, the whole time I watched American Graffiti, I'm just like, wait, where's Richard Dreyfuss? Is that him? Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, because it looks like he's like 20 years younger in a movie that was shot two years prior. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hopper, Matt Hooper is, is it Hooper? Yeah, Hooper. Hooper, yep. That's what I thought. Uh, Hooper is an oceanographer. Uh, he is that he was called to try and help him find the shark. Uh, well, he he, uh, he he came in to do an autopsy. It's <laughs> the death of uh, Christy Walk is being labeled as a boat accident. 
Yeah, pending or obviously because of the pending autopsy, he doesn't want. Yeah, yeah. To which, to which Huber was like, "Uh, no, bullshit." Yeah, there's no way a boat accident could. You can no, no way. Yeah, like it wasn't a peller, it wasn't a coral reef, it wasn't Jack the Ripper. Yeah, it was a shark attack. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, oh, is the movie over already? Because it seems like the people who went out there have caught. A shark. Movie's over. What? Ooh, already? No way. The weirdest I'm thing is, I, n- I never noticed until I saw. It. There's a bow and arrow in the shark. Yeah, there is. Or there's <laughs> not a bow and arrow. Rob- there's Robin an arrow in it. <laughs> yeah, like did Robin? Did Robin Hood kill him? <laughs> That's so weird. That son of a bitch. But yeah, uh, they they caught it. So everyone was like, "Hey, gung ho! We can we can celebrate again. The beaches can open." We also get. Maybe speaking of bad extras, we get one of the worst line readings from any extra in any movie. Where the Matt Hooper's just like, What kind of shark is that? Tiger shark. He goes like, Oh what? <laughs> Remember that guy? Yeah. My God, he was bad. Well, I don't know. He might he goes hand in hand with the guy, the uh Chrissy's boyfriend or whatever, uh, at the beginning of the uh, film. I'm so drunk. I'm so drunk. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe this is his dad. Yeah. <laughs> what, the funny part is like he like just lays down on the beach while Chrissy goes in the water. Like he's like doesn't even like, you know, like dude, you're gonna be getting some if you go in the water. No, yeah, for sure. But like everyone's celebrating, and Matt Hooper's like, hey, yo, uh, look, there's so many sharks in the water. The fact that they can go out and catch the right one is it's like it's it's so slim odds. It's like it's a hundred to one. Like this could be the shark. I want it to be the shark. But like we should probably we should probably cut it open just to make sure. And the mayor's like, ah, nah, bitch. You're not cut. You're not cutting this open right here. And bring and pulling out a, a body of a little boy. Not on my pier. <laughs> so I like how he cares so much about it now. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. I mean, I I knew it was a shark the whole time. Yeah, but you're not you're not verifying it here. Uh, we also get uh, another scene with the mother of the, of the kid who was killed. Uh, she smacks Brody in the face. Somewhat justified. I mean, yeah, but on the same token, uh, you really should smack. Really... You really should smack the mayor. That's the thing that's, you should. Do. I mean, come on, realistically, that's whose fault it is. It's not Brody. Brody wanted to do Brody what wanted he to, thought was Brody right. Brody wanted to know? close it down. He just fell in. He fell in line. He fell in line with what. Higher ups, you know, kind of did, you know. Oh, because I don't remember Joss too. Did did he come back for? He did come back for Joss too, and he's still yeah. the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> you, you people don't learn. <laughs> uh. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, and she's understandably really pissed. But again, smack the mayor, not the chief. Yeah. As. So, yeah, uh, there's still serious doubts surrounding this shark. And I do like this next scene between Brody and his son. This is a scene that, again, we talked about in Josh 4 but Jaws 4 basically just totally oh, yeah, ripped yeah. off. The flashback. Yeah. yeah. Well, not not the flashback, but like... They, Wasn't it a flashback or something? No, no they should they should just do this scene again, but with Michael and his daughter. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. We we alluded to it in Jaws Revenge. I, I couldn't think of it. I thought, I thought they did a flashback. I mean, never mind. Yeah, so uh, the scene where, like, Brody is just, like, He's like putting his hand, he's like putting his hands on his face, and like every time he does yeah. something, his son mirrors it. Yeah, which I think is cute. It's an ado- it's an adorable, adorable ass scene. I think it helps. I think it works in the way that it helps give Brody 
a link more to his humanistic. Fam- more humanistic yeah. is linked to his family. Shows how much absolutely shows the bond there. I, I really like a scene like that. Well, it shows the compassion of his character in general. Like this guy is not malicious. It's not a malicious bone in the guy's body. Oh no. Um, it's just you know, and I think this is where we see that we see that this guy's a family man. He's one of us. Like you know, he's a family man, and he really just wants to do you know be, do right by his family, do right by everybody, and it's it's kind of hard to please everybody. You know. We also see we also get hints of uh, Martin Brody's alcoholism. Because he opens a bottle of wine yes. and yes. it's like pours it in a water glass. Yeah, uh, nobody does that. <laughs> nobody does that. I mean, I'm sure people, people, some people do, but those people are called alcoholics. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to go down my throat anyway. Who cares what it's in? Dude, who cares how much it is? <laughs> I'll drink out of the damn bottle if I want. <laughs> we also do find out, uh, you know, uh, Hooper's uh, associate. You know, the reason he is so fascinated with sharks is because a shark ate his boat when he was a kid. Yeah. So natural. So naturally, naturally get that fascination. That's gonna come come more into play later yeah. when we go into you know more Quint's backstory. Yep. Uh, so yeah, he's like, okay, so uh, he finally agrees with Hooper to go perform the quote unquote autopsy on the shark. So they so they go in, they cut it open, a bunch of white crap comes out, which I guess shark's blood. I guess might be. I guess. Milk does the body good. <laughs> we know we, we know we know this shark's got milk. Well, we know he's he, he's rich in calcium. We're good. Uh, so <laughs> he pulled out a bunch of crap, a fish, a license plate, uh, <laughs> miscellaneous shit. Miscellaneous miscellaneous shit. He's like, yeah, it's right after these waters, he pulled out license plates from Louisiana. Yeah, and I do explain that like the digestive system on sharks are very slow. So whatever yeah. he ate for the past 24 hours probably going to still be in there. There's no boy. So hence, this is not the shark we were looking for. Yeah, it, it's like, it's, how did he say? He said he caught a shark, but it's not the shark. Yeah, they got a shark, not the shark. Uh, so go, they decide to go investigate. The, they decide to go investigate the water, see if they can track anything. And they track, they track it down to a boat wreckage. Yeah. In the in the in the in the middle of, in the middle of the night, this is abandoned boat out in the middle uh, out in the ocean. Sounds like a great idea. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up for getting in a scuba suit and going down to getting in a wetsuit and going down to look take a closer look in the middle again, up, in the middle of the yeah. night. Sign you up for that. Sign me up for Brody's position. I'll stay up on the boat. Yeah. So he goes in and like probably one of the more effective jump scares I've seen in a movie. Oh, absolutely! It's perfect. Yeah, he's going in. There's like a giant hole. There's like a big hole in this boat, <laughs> and he moves over to the flashlight, and then just like on cue, this like, corpse comes yeah. out. Yeah, with the eye pecked out of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking. It it, it it's it's a it's, it's a horrifying scene. And he it's pulled, a perfect jump scare. And he pulls out one of, one of the teeth of the sh- of the teeth on the boat. So we know that, and it's fucking huge. So we know that this is this is no ordinary shark we're dealing with. No, this 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 is some serious shit. Thing is, he drops it, which sucks. Like, you don't have pockets on your wetsuit. Come on, Brody. <laughs> I'm not Brody. Come on, Hooper. So the next day they go try and tell the mayor. It's like, okay, look, the shark the shark is still out there. I pulled out a I pulled out a shark tooth the size of a shot glass. Like, where is it? I dropped it, but that's not important. I dropped it. Point is, <laughs> point is, we gotta close down these beaches. Well, wait a minute, I took a picture of myself. On oh shit, no, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. 
<laughs> oh, I got a picture of my cell phone. Oh, wait, this is 1975. Ah, no, we don't have a cell phone. Shit. Yeah, so he's just so he's just like, okay, we're di- we're dealing with the, we're dealing with a great white shark. If you have all these people coming in to the beaches, because I think they they say like most shark attacks occur in like three feet of water. Yeah, that's why when I go to the beach, I'm super paranoid because of this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> so many people are paranoid because of this fucking film. Dude, I mean, it's like I constantly think like I know it's like far fetched, but it's like I think of the what if. I'm the what if person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, it's just like, okay, look, uh, they're attracting this kind of movement. You need to close down the beaches. The mayor's like, uh, no, we're a summer town. We need summer dollars. It's like, I already told you this. <laughs> I already said this. <laughs> we do see a glimpse of the funniest vandalism I've maybe ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Where it's just like someone vandalized the thing. We're just like, oh, shark. They painted a, they painted a shark gun <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's, 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 it's hilarious. There's a little fin drawn on it. It's yeah. Not, it is funny. <laughs> so, yeah, the, uh, Hooper's like, okay, you know what? I gave up. You, 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 do, you do you, boo. You do you. Yeah, it's like, I don't even give a shit at this point because you're really wrestling with somebody who's incompetent to grasp the fact that if there's no people, there's no money. So it's kind of hand in hand. You know, you need people to make the money. You don't yeah. have the people. We don't make the money. There you go. And then, and then once again, start like building up the tension, like like winding, winding a guitar string, because you see all the people coming forth of July, like literally like, two ferries full of people coming coming and in for know, yeah. the beach, completely full. And you you in your head are like, oh shit! Like, and, what are they gonna do? Like, how can they? They can't stop this. I mean. They could, but it's like look at all the thing, you know, look at all the people and the money they're turning away. It's like, oh my god. And I think it's the first people kind of wising up too, because no one's getting in the water. Yeah. Oh, but no, the mayor puts a stop, puts a stop to that one. No, it's like those people are like, hey, yo, why don't you, why don't you get in the water? Get in the water, make make it look good, guys. Come on, seriously. Tell the guy, like, oh, I, I just bought some suntan lotion, and uh, I, I don't want to. Well, I was like, get yeah. in the water. I'm Irish. I get super severely sunburned. I uh, I'm good here. <laughs> and yeah, you just you just see like the body language of everyone in this beach is mostly changed. You still have a couple of fucking idiots. Well, not fucking idiots because as far as they know, the shark is the shark is good. The, the shark is gone. But yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's playing like you're just like constantly like, you're, you're just like checking your pulse. He's like, oh god, something's like something something's gonna happen, and it's gonna you're be like, fucking. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Yeah, it's like wait for it. Because like even because like even Michael like Mar- like Martin tells Michael he's like hey look do me a favor just, just go play in the pond, please, yeah. please go yeah. play in the pond. You need to make this look good, please. Yeah, uh, I, look, I, all these fucking idiots over here they can they can they can go in the, in this ocean all they want, but but you you motherfucker you yeah. go to the pond. I'm not gonna have my son here today. Well, back to your COVID thing. Those are the assholes that were polluting the the Florida beaches down in Miami and stuff when COVID happened. Oh my God, those fucking morons! Yeah, uh, you see, the, you see the, the the mayor on TV is like, "It's a beautiful day. The beaches are open. Come on down to Amity Islands." <laughs> uh, but then you see the fin, and again, all hell breaks loose. Everyone's panicking. Everyone's trying to get out of the water. You see so yeah. many accidents. Like one, like one dude pushes kids off a raft. <laughs> Gets on. Like, get the hell out of here! Take the kids. <laughs> we got the kids. Like fuck these kids. <laughs> yeah, I want to live. <laughs> yeah, uh, they all get out, and the mayor, the mayor is like, oh shit. Yeah. But then, 
<laughs> I do I do love this next scene because like two guys two guys like the Finn comes out and two guys like take off the take out turns out there's like kids playing a prank. Yeah, it's a cardboard fan. It's hilarious. Everybody's like tweeted out about and, it. And you just see like everyone, like all these guys, like pointing out and like. Shh. Yeah. Are they white? Yeah. Okay. Fine. We're not gonna shoot. Have they? <laughs> has been, been black kids? Oh, oh shit! <laughs> we went there. We went there. <laughs> we went. <laughs> it's true. Now, if you had one, prove me now, wrong. Now the, the, what happens? You have one white friend playing with one black friend. Then it's a little bit tougher. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, well, <laughs> what, do we, some, what do we do? Someone's got to fry for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, but then, oh no, they're not. They're not out of the woods yet because the shark is going into the pond. Uh, the the shark the shark is the shark is going in, and we get probably the best look we've gotten at the shark so far, and it's incredibly, it's honestly like really convincing because it goes in the, the pond. First time we see it too, and you yeah. see like Martin Burry panic and be like, oh shit! I told my son like the only reason my son's in that pond is because of me, so yeah. I gotta I gotta go I gotta go stop this shit. Yeah, and you see like the shark go to like a, it bites this one dude's leg off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you see the leg dropping slowly dropping down. And I gotta say, man, like you also this so far is the best look we've gotten the shark, and it looks yeah. it looks great, dude. It looks real. I I I still watch this movie. Okay, forty five years later, you're watching it, and it's still believable. You're watching it, thinking it's a shark. No, absolutely, absolutely. And then yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, like I said, the the guy's leg comes off, drops the floor again. PG, folks. Yeah, PG like that. We pushed boundaries back in the day, man. Oh, they did. PG actually meant something in the in the seventies. Yeah, this 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 shit would have been rated R, at least for sure. I think what uh, wasn't even wasn't Caddyshack rated PG? Uh, pro- no, I think that was. Or was R. it? No, it was that, it R? That would have been R because there was nudity in the movie. What the hell? What the hell was I thinking of? That there was a comedy that I was like, oh my god, and I like I thought I was PG or I was like shocked. Ghostbusters. <sighs> no. It was. It had to be in the '70s, I guess, because that's when I, I felt like it was a little bit loose with the rating system. All right, we'll keep thinking. Rig- I'll think about it. Uh, maybe it'll come to me. But yeah, uh, they put they uh, Brody. They pull Michael out of the water, and he's like, he, he's in shock. I love the wife's reaction. Like, is he dead? Uh, I mean, if he died of a heart attack, sure. But no, he's just in shock. Yeah, he's gonna have PTSD probably for the next twenty years. No big deal. Probably. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. So uh, you know, he's he's uh. Michael's doing fine, but of course Brody is pissed. He is pissed off at the mayor. Yeah, rightfully so. So he's like, "Look, you are going to sign. You are going to sign the contract to hire Quint, or else, or else I'm, fe- or else I'm feeding you to the shark." Maybe Ghostbusters. I don't know. I'm still on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- this is the scene where we get the only hint of humanity from the mayor because, like, he he looks terrified because I think this is the scene where he realized he did make he did in fact make a mistake. Well, yeah, because I mean he put all of his eggs in one basket, assuming that that was the shark. The problem's done. Uh, find out obviously it's not the shark. Uh, it's a shark, but not the shark. And it's like, oh crap! Like I have a serious, serious problem on my hands because you have all these tourists and everything. You know, everybody coming and flocking to this beach. What the hell are you gonna do? And he does have that one line where he's like, "My kids were on that beach too." Yeah, and like you fully like understand like how, like, like it's, it's like I said, it's the one scene of humanity you get from the mayor in this film. 
Well, because this is where it hits him. You can easily make decisions for people if it doesn't affect you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I can easily say, well, you can't do this, can't do this until it hits home. They always, you know, the old adage, you know, until it hits home, a.k.a. it hits home now. Oh, shit, we get it now. This, this is real now, you know? Yeah, so uh, they ultimately sign the order to hire Quint. They go in, and you see this dude is serious business. He's got this shark, guy's, yeah. He's, he's got shark jaws everywhere. He's got some boiling for. Honestly, I'm not yeah, really sure for, why. Yeah, he's boiling preservation like a jaw for for fun. I, I I don't know. I'm assuming that um, helps him like helps like preserve it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm guessing just just uh, rough rough necking it here. I, I think he's an alcoholic. I, I would I would venture to guess he's an alcoholic. I would venture to assume that yes, he is also an alcoholic. He, he drinks a lot. He has to drink like like literally no pun intended. He has to drink like a fish. I think. <laughs> Just what I get from Quint, it's just the vibe that he gives off. He's also incredibly full of sea shanties. So many he, shanties. Yes. Yeah, so they're also uh, bringing along a cage in case you know, they have to do a dive. Which, you know, foreshadowing. Ooh. No, no one's going to go in that thing. <laughs> uh, so, they're, so yeah, uh, they go off on this man, I guess, yeah, man, manhunt for the shark. Yeah, this quest. Quince Quest. <laughs> Sequest. J-A-W. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they're, they're, go- they're going along. He's got their jobs. Martin is, the- Martin is there to, you know, chum waters and do anything else. Uh, uh, Hooper's there to do, like, you know, expert shark stuff and steer the boat. And Quince's there to, well, he's there to drink. <laughs> drink and catch a goddamn shark. <laughs> uh, we also, he also drops a thing in compressed air. He's like, be careful. It's a compressed air. It could very easily explode. Not foreshadowing at all. No, I, I don't think I. I don't see anything that that's not going to come back. Again. Yeah, that's not going to come back at all. Nope. So yeah, uh, is is just them going along for the for yeah for the ride. Meanwhile, we get to this one scene where Bro, where Bro's trying to tie a noose, but Quint is getting uh getting some poles from his fishing line. <laughs> like this, like this is the shark, and like I love the way this, this again. Spielberg, excellent building tension here. Uh, he's just like the way this Quint just like slowly, just like methodically, just preps, yeah. preps this fishing line. Yeah, it's just like it just like very just like slowly hooks, puts the yeah. puts the the rod in like the little the little hole like under his chair. Yeah, gets his feet up. And as soon as Brody's like, I got it. It just <laughs> the shark begins like me like pull off. Yeah. So they maybe or maybe not get caught, caught the shark. Not caught it, but they 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 maybe got it on a. It's like it's like right there. It's like but right even there. the meticulous sound of the reel, like it's going slow oh, at yeah. first. That Which then that's something I admire about yeah. this film. That's I about this film. It knows when to be quiet and it knows yeah. when to be loud. Yeah, because it wants you to listen. Like it, it's the you can feel your heart beating out of your chest. Like you feel like you, Spielberg put you in this. You know, first person seat here to to witness this. I yeah, he I, knows I, it's perfect. I also think this is well, like a incredibly well edit, edited film because I think Spielberg said it himself, like but when you're cutting frames, yeah, like, like two frames can be the difference between something extremely scary and a great white floating turd. No, oh, no, completely agree. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it's it's a massively massively edited film. No, for sure, it's it's super tight. I think everything in it needs to be edited. It's just it. You know, speaks for itself. Yeah, so uh, they're they're going off, and you see that uh, Hooper and Quint are kind of at odds right now. 
Yeah. Understandable. And, and you get to like a real heart of that like later in the in the movie where they're all sitting down at the table. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to it. But yeah, they're going up. I do love like when he makes like a silly face at him where he's like, he's like, eh. Oh, yeah, you're talking about when uh, Hooper's like kind of like. Yeah. Because like Quint's like a no, like Quint's pretty much the know-it-all, right? And he's like almost talks down to Hooper kind of almost. And Hooper's like, well, this guy's such an asshole. Like, and he's like, like kind of making fun of him behind his back. It's funny. Yeah, so uh, Brody has to start chum- chumming the waters again. <laughs> I do love, like, like I'm about to come chum-, chum some of this shit. And as soon as he does that, hour and 20, 21 minutes in this film, we finally get our first real look at the shark. Yeah. And just, like, the way Brody's, like, in shock. Yeah. He steps up, he goes back, and we had the most iconic line from this film. Absolutely. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yep. Funny thing is, bro, uh, uh, God damn it, Scheider. Scheider actually improv that line. Really? And it's like the most iconic line yeah. in the whole entire film. And like in movie history almost, you know? Way it's up, crazy. It, it's, it's up there, man. Absolutely. That's crazy how like that Im- the improvisation of like of, of certain things. I, I'm sure there's other films that, that did it. Um, but it's crazy that like that could, could have been a, a, a you know a line that was never even in this film. It's oh, really ab- crazy to think absolutely. that. Absolutely, and, and and it just it just fits so perfectly. And it's just so hard to imagine this film without that one line. So, massive, massive props to Roy Scheider. Oh, for sure, because their boat is small as shit. I mean, it's it's a it's a rinky dink small boat, and it's up against this huge shark. So that's you know that's kind of like it makes sense though. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Oh yeah, they, no, this big fish. You no, know, they, they say like that that, that yeah. shark the shark is 25 feet long. And it weighs yeah. like three tons. Yeah, and you have this little rinky-dink, like falling, literally falling apart piece of shit. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, the the orca, the ship, like, like, like uh, yeah. Even if we catch this thing, <laughs> what the hell's gonna happen? What, yeah, what, what do we do next? Yeah, I mean, we catch it, yay, we got it. What the hell are we gonna do with it? Yeah, so uh, they then start their uh, big strategy, big strategy in catching the shark, the be- the barrel maneuver. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> so Everybody do, knows the barrel maneuver. <laughs> so what they do is they, they get a harpoon, attach a, bar- attach a barrel to it, and shoot it at the shark. Genius. Why you don't just shoot it in the head and be done with it, I have no idea. we got to build suspense, Chance. Come on, we got a half hour left in this film. Let's go. Thing thing is, and that's a really, really good strategy, because the whole idea behind yeah. the, bar- the barrels is to slow the sh- Well, one, slow it down. Two, not let it be able to go under. And three, see where it's at, though, at all Exactly. Times. Yeah. And, like, uh, Hooper attaches the tracker to the barrel, so that way they can use, like, radar to find it. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but it doesn't work, because they do end up losing the shark. <laughs> uh, they, uh, they go, uh, so they basically just call it a day, and they're, and they're going to stay that out there overnight to try and find this thing. So, sure. to, so to answer you, Brody, no, they are, in fact, not going to get a bigger boat. Oh, uh, and we're going to stay all night to uh, wait. Orca or nothing. Yeah. Uh, so and this this is one of my favorite scenes. One of not my favorite scene in the movie. It's where they're just like sitting around and it's like trading like war stories. Like you see like Quint and Quint Hooper. and uh, Hooper yeah. trading, story about st- trading like Scar so, stories. And it's funny because it's like, and again, I think. I think we can say, like we said it before, like Quint is the Captain Ahab of this of this film. You know, there's so many comparisons to Moby Dick in this, but 
it, it, it's almost like Hooper wants to be accepted by Quinn. He's he's searching for that acceptance almost. You know what I mean? No, yeah, and like there is like a kindred yeah. spirit, kindred spirit between the two of them. Yeah, uh, and it's really you know emphasized with like the story because Quinn tells the story like we find out that I mean to the to the shock of nobody that he is he is a vet. Uh, he was a vet of World War Two, and he was on the U.S. In, in, USS Indianapolis. Yeah. Which was the ship that took the that carried the atomic bomb that was used in Hiroshima. Yeah. He was on it, but uh the Japanese hit the boat with, with a torpedo and sunk it. Yeah. And while that was while it was sinking, a bunch of sharks came in and attacked them. Yeah. As I think it's like eleven thousand eleven thousand men were on the water, I think like how many came out? Like six hundred? It was like a handful. It wasn't too many. Yeah, compared to what they started off with, not not good numbers. No, nowhere near. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's see if we can find like the actual, the actual number. Yeah, let me look here. Regardless, but like this is the scene where like Quinn just becomes like such a deeper character because like you understand his you understand his obsession. You understand like why catching sharks means so much to him, and in that you see that him. And Hooper, they're basically two sides of the same coin. Yeah, like they both they both suffered like traumatic experiences with sharks when they were, I mean, not the same age when they when they were younger. And they also then that kind of Ele- just like uh, drove their paths in life. Eleven 1, hundred men went into the water. Three hundred and sixteen come out. Yeah, not 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 great out. Shark, shark the sharks out took the rest. Yeah. And like I do, I do love his line where he's like, "I'll never put on a life jacket again." <laughs> Which yeah, like, it does really drive home that Captain Ahab comparison. Where their stories yeah, do like, parallel because yeah, he's gonna go down. He's gonna go down with it. Like it's no no life, you know, no life preserver. It's like all or nothing. I'm either I'm I'm either gonna get this thing or I'm gonna die trying, literally die trying to get this thing. Yeah, like I said, like it's you really see them as like they're like opposite of the spectrum, like like. Cooper's the guy who took his food with the shark and like turned into something incredibly positive. Yeah. Quint is a guy who took his shark experience and just let that negativity just drive his entire life. An unhealthy obsession, obviously. An incredibly look, unhealthy like, obsession. Yeah. Just look around like how you were even saying, like when we when we go into Quint's uh house or hut or whatever the hell it was, but just the the pure obsession uh, of this, you know, Captain Ahab character to catch Moby Dick, you know what I mean? This unhealthy obsession. Yeah, so uh uh, you know they're they're still they're still hanging out. They're drinking. They're singing, and the shark comes up. It's like, all right, goddamn it, nope, no more. And then just starts. I hate that damn song. <laughs> like, Change the channel and just Stop rams just rams the shit out of that boat. Yeah. Starts sinking. The boat catches on fire. I love I love the I love how nonchalant quits about. It. He's like, hey, uh, Chief Brody, maybe I'll put out that fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're kind of up shit's creek without a paddle. Because the boat, Literally. the boat's not the boat's slowly taking on water. It's sinking, and the shark is out to get him. He's like, "All right, I, all right, you want to catch me? I got something for you." Guys. <laughs> uh, they're trying, they're trying to fix the shark pops back up, and I do love, I, I, I do love the way this next scene builds because just the barrel pops up, but it's not moving. So yeah. you're just like, "Shit, did the, did the shark detach it?" You, we don't know. Like that's the thing you don't know right then and there. We don't know. So like he he stops it. He just and then the shark comes up. He's like surprise, bitch! And then he <laughs> just tries to take a bite. He's like, ah, all right, you miss me. I miss you, but I, I'll get you next time. I'm gonna get you. Yeah. I'm gonna get that ass. 
Uh, but then, yeah, like, it's Quint's insanity, like, later emphasized because Bro tries to call for backup. He tries to call the Coast Guard. And Quint oh, just God, yeah. smashes the radio. The hell we need this for? <laughs> I was like, the, the, the hell with this? <laughs> it's <laughs> the hell are you doing? The three of us are nothing. Yeah. Listen, we're going down with the boat, damn it. Yeah, so they attempt to attach another they attach another barrel to it. But this this shark this shark don't quit. This shark don't quit. He does not. Uh yeah, like he's he's incredibly persistent. Uh like there's, there's, a, there's a part where like they try and attach the barrels to the back of the boat. Like the these cleat these cleats they have. Yeah. And you think like, like you're worried about you're like, oh god, something something's gonna happen. Yep. And it almost and it almost does because like there's a part where like Brody ties the rope behind him and like Jaws pulls on the shark pulls on the rope. And you think he's gonna yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, yeah, like, get like stuck behind Brody behind uh, Hooper's legs. And you're like, oh god, he's, he's gonna yeah. fall over. He's gonna fall over. He's gonna get fucking eaten. Somebody's gonna get pulled. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes in, but the cleats are coming off. So this 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 fucker's strong. He tries to, chew, and he's smart too. He tries to chew through the wires or chew through the ropes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they end up having to just like just like cut it off and keep like following the shark. However, when the boat starts taking on starts taking on water, they start they start to sink and the engines fail. Yeah. So they are stuck. <laughs> uh, so they there's only one solution here. I mean, yeah, duh. The engine explodes, so they have to build the cage. We told you it was going to come back. They have <laughs> to build the cage and have Hooper go down and try and poison the shark to death. Yep. Uh, so basically, he's got this. He's got this like uh, this a shark spear. Gun. Not, it's yeah. not a harpoon gun. It's like it's like a it's like a harpoon. Yeah. Yeah. He's got. He, it's, it's loaded with strychnine. All he's got to do is go down, get a good shot at its mouth, hit it, and it'll die. And we're done here. Yep. Uh, so uh, he he, go, he goes down. They build. They build the cage. And yeah, this is again another. Like, <sighs> I know we said a lot. Really intense scene because how terrifying. How absolutely terrifying. You know, it's like giant twenty-five foot sharks in the water. Yeah. And me and Brody's like, he'll, he'll, he'll bend these bars like nothing. Like, yeah, I know, but we don't have any better ideas. No, he's going to literally tear the shit out of this fucking bars. Yeah, so he goes down. Like, I do like that they keep, like, they, they do keep the audio of Hooper breathing. I, I like that, yeah. Yeah, so, and the thing is, like, the way he's looking at it, like, you see, you see the shark. Like, like you, 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 you see it in full view. Yeah, but he's but he's fast enough, and the water's dark at the point where like he he can get lost. And I like that fact because when we see Hooper going down, I like how it attacks him from behind. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's, it's like 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 a velociraptor. He attacks oh, him a different direction. God. Imagine how terrifying it is. Like you're looking straight, looking for the fucking shark, and it, like this thing's ra- like that guy just scares the shit out of you. Yeah, you know how like you you know how hard it is to keep your head on a swivel when you're underwater like that. Oh man, and just the sheer like. Can you imagine just like when you hear that sheer sound of that thing, like a freight train coming out to that bars? Oh yeah, no, like literally that's what happens. Like the shark comes in, rams this cage, crazy, scares the shit out of Hooper. Which scares the shit out of anybody? Like any, any, I don't care how tough you are. Anybody anywhere would have dropped that spear. That spear's going down, man. I'm surely not clenching on. I'm like, holy shit. Oh my god. <laughs> the last thing I'm thinking about right then. We also, get, we also get, like, the best shot of the shark in this scene, I feel, which I even think, like, it, did they get, like, a shot of, like, a real shark? Because that looks like... If that's animatronic, that's incredible. 
But look, like, and I even noticed that, like, I would even look at the the swimming and the, the motions of it. It swims just like a shark. It did. I wonder how much studying they had to do to get that, and like how Spielberg was probably super anal about trying to get the mimic the motion of the actual shark too. You know what oh, I mean? The, oh, the, no, the amount of work they had to yeah. go in just to get the animatronic to work. Oh, <laughs> just the animatronics, let alone try to set it up to mimic an actual shark. I mean, it's got to be crazy how much work went into that. But yeah, like my, like my, like my God, the, the, the way the shark just keeps like, like pounding into this cage. Oh man, you're like Hooper is a goner. Yeah, like you're so scared. Like you, you legitimately, you think Hooper's gonna die. You absolutely. I anybody watching it for like the first time, uh, you have to think Hooper's a goner watching it. Yeah, but uh, the, yeah, the shark, the shark tears the shit out of this cage. Hooper, Hooper, luckily gets out though. He does not die, which was a shock to me the first time I saw it. I thought, I thought it was a goner for sure. Oh, yeah, because you don't see him. But remember, he has scuba gear on, so that's how he uh, ends up obviously living, surviving. Yeah, so uh, he goes down, but then Jaws is like, all right, no no, no more games. And he just goes on, and he just, like, just jumps his ass on the boat. Yeah. And they're taking it down that way. And then we get in a movie full of brutal death. This might, this might, be, this might take the cake. Oh yeah, Quint. Yeah, yeah. Quint, Quint falls falls over, and he just starts getting eaten by the shark. And like, I think and you slowly see him sliding. Yeah, yeah. And I I remember like what he said when he was in the speech. It's like you know, but the water turns red. You hear a high pitched scream, and yeah, that's what happens here. And I'll tell you, man, I have never forgotten the sound of Quint's scream. It's so believe it's it's completely believable. I think Shaw does a perfect job with it. I mean, I think it literally is so convincing. Yeah, like it's just. It, it it is it is absolutely it's just horrifying to watch, yep. and like I said, Quint was, Quint was my favorite character, and this is as much as that dude was my favorite. I didn't want to see him die. This is a fitting end to him. It's yeah, bloody. It is, it's it's yeah. glory. It's glorious. It goes. He goes down like Captain Ahab, like we said. Yeah, yeah. The madness. Like he was either gonna, you know, kill kill it or see him like literally be dead or you know, you know, you know, go down with the blaze of glory. And that's what he does in this. But like we said, PG. <laughs> Still PG, which is completely crazy. Like it's crazy. Like he's coughing out blood. It's like he's getting like yeah. massacred by this thing. Yeah, oh, and it's slow too. That's the other thing. It's slow. It's, slow. it's not like I'm gonna swallow you whole and done, man. It's like gradual. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you, like you like you see like the light leave his eyes, and it's it's terrifying. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's it's up to Brody now to to, to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because why not? This, yeah, because this, this shark ain't quitting. So he puts a tank of the compressed air in its mouth. Yeah. Climbs up, climbs up to this to like this bird's nest on the cage, and the shark ain't giving up. He's still trying to eat him. Which is not even a bird nest at this time because the boat's going down. Yeah. So it's only a little bit. It's the only part of the boat that's actually above. That's not in water at the time. I think. Yeah, and the, the way this climax ramps up, you're like the boat slowly yeah. sinking. You see him trying to get a shot off at the shark. And he's, just, he's, he's missing ears, like, oh god, Brody, hit the shot, hit it, hit it, and it just like, like hit the, hit the CO two, yeah. And we get what I do believe was the birth of the action movie one liner. Had to be right. Had the the one liner what? Because like it was like smile, you son of a bitch, and then oh yeah yeah, yeah. boosh, shark explodes, audiences cheer, the day is saved. It is. Like it's it's such it's such a it's such a great gratifying ending. You don't even care. That's not, that's not how compressed air works. Yeah, and and you're like Hooper, who? <laughs> Who's Hooper? Yeah, we find out that Hooper that Hooper survived, and they start slowly yeah. swimming back to shore. 
and something I forgot to mention is like Martin Burry's fear of water. It's mentioned like in passing that like he has like a fear of drowning from when he was a kid. Yeah. So what the hell is he like? Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of have to. <laughs> you have no other. Yeah. But like, but like this really takes the this really like takes the game. We're just like you know if, if I can fight a fucking twenty five foot shark, I can do I can do anything. Pretty much because it, it's like they you know Hooper and Brody are probably you know like fuck we just. We just, you know, conquered this. Who the hell is going to get us now? You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, yeah. they start to swim back, and it's the banner between the two of them. It's just, it's it's a per- the perfect way to end this. It's like, it's like, hey, what? It's like, well, hey, what day is this? Yeah. And it's, uh, what 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 does it say back? He's like, it's Wednesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I think it's just it's the two of them just like shooting like, shooting the shit on the way back to shore. It's like we're gonna be here for a while, you know. It's like, yeah, I think I think it has to keep keep kicking, keep kicking. Yeah, yeah, keep kicking. <laughs> It's like it's like I used to hate in the last line of the song. I used to hate the water. It's like yeah. can't, ima- can't imagine why. Yeah, I mean, who who would ever give you the reason why I hate you? you hate the water. And yeah, that is it's it's a perfect way to end this perfect film. And for sure, yeah, Jaws is that is one of the pinnacles of cinematic achievement. I think yeah. the fact that Spielberg had come in, a relatively new filmmaker, yeah, and just crank something out like this incredible on his second go. Yeah, like this is maybe one of the most flawless movies I've ever seen. I love, I love this film. It's one of my favorites of all time, and yeah, it's a classic, man, for a- sure. Absolute classic, and I'm so glad we got a chance to look at it. But Russell, final thoughts on Jaws for you? I mean, I think we've touched upon it. I think you know it's Spielberg's masterpiece, man. Uh, this obviously helped catapult Spielberg to be Spielberg. You know, we wouldn't have the movies we had if this, this you know lays a big dud, but it didn't. Um, he's a perfectionist. It shows. Um, him and John Williams have had such a great chemistry together with their films. The score is fucking phenomenal. It drives the film. It's the pulse of the film. Um, everything about the film, you know, I love, I love Shaw. I love Dreyfus, you know, Scheider. They, they're all great together, you know, interacting. I love it. Uh, we don't get a whole lot of Quint in the film, but when we do, he's noticed, he makes his presence known. I like that. When, when, he's, in, when he's in the film, he steals the show. He does, because you like it's like the teacher that you're intimidated by that comes in the room. Everybody's quiet. You know what I mean? It's like that type of thing. Um, everything about this film, man, the you know the animatronics, everything to get this you know Jaws lifelike, I think was perfect. Um, and the fact, like we have, you know, you know, obviously bashed the drum long enough, you know, throughout the review of the fact that we don't see the shark right away. I think that's brilliant because of the fact that it builds more suspense. Not knowing the not knowing is the scariest part. I think that's what this movie's heartbeat is. It's it's the movie's pulse. It's just a perfect film. And when you think of blockbusters, it's only fitting that this does because this really set the the bar for what would become the modern day box office, you know, summer box office uh, champ, you know, blockbuster or whatever. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it, the movie's a perfect movie. It's a great film. It's one you can rewatch anytime. Um, and yeah, just everything about it. It's just it's a hard to nitpick anything about it. Oh, absolutely. So that's that's gonna do it for for us with Jaws, uh, Russell. We reached the end of the show. You want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, find us notorious by chance as a Facebook group. We're nearing 400 members, which is great. So you know, uh, absolutely invite your friends, comment, like uh, the podcast when we put them up. Um, that really helps us out and gets more people to f- hopefully listen to our show. Um, we're also going to be back uh, when, when we see Tenet on uh, YouTube. We're going to be at Notorious by Chance. We're going to do a big review on that and, and talk about the pros and cons or just pros or just cons of the film. Uh, you'll have to find out. But, yeah, Notorious by Chance is the YouTube group on that as well. And you can find me on Twitter. It's Chance Wars underscore 91. Uh, check out the Schmodown, a show, a show I do. We just had a major – or we're having a major pay-per-view. 
uh, Chris Jericho versus Kevin Smith, which is going to be a great, great match. Uh, and uh, yeah, like it's like everything you said, uh, give us a subscribe because because uh, next week and for the next five weeks, uh, month of September is gonna be guest month. Every week for the next couple weeks, we're gonna have a really awesome guest to come on the show and talk movies with us. Should be or exciting an, or anything else like uh, just just now to name a few. Uh, Winston Marshall is coming back to the show. Uh, we're gonna have Alex Damon talk about the Mandalorian. Russell's finally gonna watch it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why he's doing the only, this. The only no, that's literally the only reason we're doing this. But also. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so much more in store. I, I can't. I cannot wait to do to you know have all these fun people on the show in September. So that's gonna do it for us. Uh, ne- uh, it starts next week with movies of 1995. So that's gonna do it for me and Russell. We will see you next time. <laughs>